Hello, just a quick bit before this week's episode to let you know that we have a Patreon you can subscribe to if you like what we're doing here and you want more of it. You probably already knew that. We don't stop going on about it. What you didn't know is that you can currently get a little free trial so you know exactly what you'd get as part of your subscription. You can head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in the show notes to get your first seven days free. All you need to do is pick which tier you'd like a free trial of. The Biggest Mates tier is the one that has all the extras in it. And then for seven days, you are free to listen to any episode we've released in the last six months. You can cancel any time or just leave the subscription rolling if you like what you find. It's charged monthly. And during any month, as part of that Biggest Mates tier, you'll get ad-free episodes of this show every Monday. You'll get a brand new episode of our new Manic Street Preacher show every month. Two episodes every month of The Ultimate Playlist, our themed playlist show, where we talk about all kinds of different music, different artists, different genres, different eras, and one or two bonus episodes every month, depending on the length of the month. That's two episodes every week. There's also other tiers to trial. One that is just the Manic Show and ad-free What Is Music episodes, and another that is just ad-free What Is Music episodes. But hey, if the first seven days are free, why not try a bit of everything? Plus, all tiers include access to the exclusive subscriber-only Discord where we discuss the shows, the bands we've covered, various music topics, and loads of other stuff, including some games that the friendly community have devised themselves. So head on over to our Patreon page now to claim your free seven-day trial. Go to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in our show notes. See you there. Um, I put my Christmas lights up today on the outside of my house. How do you feel about that? I went to my office today Bear- and there was uh, there was four Christmas trees. Bearing in mind it's the 12th of November when we're recording. Yeah, how, yeah. How four big, Christmas trees in my office. How big is your office? Um, like, re- reasonable size. Mm. Do you need it's four? more the fact there's any Christmas trees. It's more Christmas the fact there's trees? any Christmas trees. Well, just... Yeah, there's one, one when you first come in the building. Yeah. That's a it. Welcome tree. You shouldn't be doing that. Because... That's it. It's a welcome tree, and then in the actual main office, which is upstairs, a welcome tree. There was three more. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. When you get to the office upstairs, there's three more. Why three yeah. upstairs? There's one, and then there's three. Adam. It's a big area. It's a big area, and everyone wants to be near a tree, don't they? <laughs> I mean, the bigger concern is so, the fact that it's the 12th of November. So your tree... And there's Christmas your trees. Your tree kind of works on like a per capita sort of basis. However many people that you have in the office <laughs> it dictates how many trees you have. It's so based on square footage, Adam. Right, okay. Um, but how do you feel about my lights being up? That's fine. You, uh, I, yeah, I think great. people can do whatever they like. What? And it's not, it's not up to me to dictate <laughs> when you put... Like, where, where have you put them up? Outside. I oh, know, that's stupid. I mean, look forward to look forward to your first Christmas with a cat. You shouldn't have done that, Steve. Oh yeah, it's not my first yeah, Christmas mate. with a cat. I have had a cat before. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I lie? <laughs> well, because 
<laughs> I just wanted to impress you. Well, yeah, we know you have a have we know you, you have a habit of lying about things to impress people on this podcast. This is more of a so, gotcha journalism. Have you had a cat yeah. though, Steve? Have you really? <laughs> no. I haven't. Okay, <laughs> I'm sweating like Nixon. Well, and on that uh, heavy, shocking reveal, <laughs> uh, we're going to continue to chat for another three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> oh God, it's never going to happen, is it? It might happen one day. Um, I also put my wreath on my door. Uh, hello and welcome to uh, Do You Love Us? A critical analysis of the history, cultural impact and music of Manic Street Preachers. Uh, we're going through the discography of Manic Street Preachers, album by album, track by track, asking questions like, does context matter when you're listening to music? Does knowing more about the history of the band uh, affect how you listen to their musical output? And more importantly, we're asking the question, do you love us? Us being... The band Manic Street Preachers, not us, the hosts of the podcast, Do You Love Us, to which you are now listening. Uh, I'm Adam Scott Glasspool. Uh, with me, as always, is Steve Murphy. Hello. Jesus Christ. And <laughs> Lucas Way. Hello. Big pauses. <laughs> What's up with that, guys? What, did you not like that? It was a bit That's going to be what I do the whole episode. What, before you speak? Oh, God, it's going to be like we're on a satellite delay, but we're not, right, Lucas? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. God. <laughs> um, you join us uh, for... No, yeah, I really agree, guys. Jesus Christ. Okay, you're jo- <laughs> welcome. Listener, what was I even replying to then? And you are, you're joining us uh, as we talk about the the Manchester Preachers' twelfth album, Futurology. Now, a lot penultimate. of penultimate, yeah, guys, we're getting close to the end. How do you well, feel? No, about that? it's not their penultimate album. Yeah, because be they might one. make more albums. Well, yeah, uh, currently in our run, yeah, it's it's the it's the currently their second to most recent. How about that? Is that? A, but that's... what if someone's listening to this podcast in a few years' time for the first time? Mm-hmm. It's then that would be false. As okay. of it's Futurology, Futurology, as Futurology. of. 23 minutes past seven on the 12th of November in the year of our Lord 2020. Uh, it is currently the album before the most recent Manic Street Preachers album. Are you happy with that? Um, I didn't like your use of the word of our Lord. Okay. What would you prefer? Well, just call him by his name. Jack. Okay. <laughs> no. It's Michael, isn't it? Uh, you're going to have to explain. The ghost is... <laughs> shush, 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 <laughs> Lucas. Don't, don't evoke him. You're alone in your house. That no, is I'm terrifying. Oh. Stop lying. Don't lie. He's not alone. The ghost of Michael Jackson alone. is there. <laughs> you can see him. <laughs> Moonwalking across your ceiling. Uh, that's, that's actually something probably Lionel Richie would do. That's probably Did the ghost. You? That's probably actually the ghost of Lionel Richie. Uh yes. Th- Moonwalking across my ceiling sounds like a euphemism. Hmm. Does it? Hmm. <laughs> if you say it like this, if you moonwalk across my ceiling. <laughs> Guys, I've just realized it's really been bothering me that my webcam looks wrong. You've you've uh, shot it out. you've shot it like a, a a French art film where you're you are entirely check, check in the left out, hand guys. side of the Yeah, you know, wait, that's about to change, mate. Okay. Check this out. 
Oh, you've just zoomed out. Lovely. Oh, no, no. But no, this isn't. I didn't zoom out. I enabled HD. And apparently in Zoom, disabling HD just means it crops the image. Okay, sure. It also means we can now see your dirty washing. Yep, that's laundry. (laughs) In HD. But you can also see my piano. See, what? I look cool. I, think you I look put cool. that away. Literally. Put it away. Yeah. I look cool because I've got a piano and a guitar on show. It makes me look talented. Yeah, that guitar looks similar play. to uh, the one that James it's, Dean Bradfield. It's so funny enough. It's the same guitar that James That's Dean Bradfield. Similar. similar. It looks it. similar. similar. I'll give you that it looks not quite. Yeah. And you know, this bass over here is exactly the same as the one that Nicky Wire plays. Uh, I can't actually see a bass. He plays a 180 quid PV Diner bass. <laughs> <laughs> and if you look closely, you can see Lucas's biggest fan in the background there. Right, no one can look closely because yeah, no. but also, this is so visual jokes. Yeah, are great on podcasts. Well, that's what I mean. Like the joke there for the listeners is that there's a there's a fan. There is a literal fan. Yeah, and it's and yeah, I'm it's just... and I'm busting a gut and I'm crying uh, because it's very funny and I'm screaming. <laughs> I'm I'm screaming. <laughs> I'm howling. Yeah, it's, and it, that's just so funny that I'm I'm shouting at the top of my voice. <laughs> Uh, so this album. <laughs> Do you think our podcast has gotten worse? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 This album. Uh, we've kind of we've kind of done a lot of the pre-context for it already because, of course, our last uh, album episode was rewind the film. Context was rewind the film, <laughs> and um, uh, <laughs> what the fuck was I saying? They were recorded together. They were recorded at the same time. So this album had already been recorded when they... Re- that seems unlikely. Why? Well, how could you mean... Like, how? Was, like, Nicky in a st- one studio recording a song from Rewind the Film and James is in another studio at the same time recording a song from Futurology? Yeah, why not? I don't think they were recorded at the same time. Why not? Why why, why couldn't they do that, though, Lucas? We know did, at this did, point, Lucas... Did that, they, though? That there did are, they? There are several manics that are coming back and forth through time at this point. Oh, shit, yeah. I mean, how many of them are in the same place in the time stream at any given time there was uh, six manix in the room recording futurology and rewind the film at the same time all right next, in which case one nil on. I, I hold my hands up i hold my hands up <laughs> let's move on however they did it this album had, <laughs> had they'd like already recorded it by the time they released rewind the film so it was kind of mixed and finished while they while they were promoting that and then they released it only 10 months after uh rewind the film what an absolute treat for you fans at the time. Yeah, it was actually quite an exciting time because we'd um we'd sort of uh well I'll get onto it, but we heard bits of this album before the album came out. Um uh anyway, a lot of this was recorded with Los Williams and Alex Silver in Faster Studios, which is their own studio in Cardiff, and the famous Hansa Studios in Berlin, which as we mentioned last time is famous for Bowie and lots of exploratory music in the 70s uh, which um, and and specifically exploratory German music which kind of became then known as Krautrock which we will come on to a little bit later Uh, this album yeah and I think that this is the album where you can sort of hear the influence of Hansa and Berlin the most is it because of all the German on it yeah, yeah, some of it, <laughs> yeah. some of it's the German, but <laughs> <laughs> but then but then Nicky's got a weird obsession with German anyway. That's true. He's yes. done the bit of Germanage before. The Germanage, yes, German. yeah. When he did some really dog shit German on his single album, single album, the his, first... single album. his single album. <laughs> Can you remember, Lucas, where the Manics were 
in September 2013. Specifically, location? Cardiff. One uh, On one of the days in September 2013, they will have been in Cardiff, yes. They, nice. That seems can, likely. Can you remember what they uh, were doing? They did a little tour. Yeah, they did. Everyone the film. Yeah. And then they probably then started doing press for this album. Yeah, pretty much. They toured like small venues for just over a week. Uh, and How small are we talking? A thousand people, like Shepherd's Bush Empire. Uh, I mean, that's 2,000, but... It's 1,200. It's 2,000. It's 1,200, so... Well, I went to a gig there and apparently had 2,000 people there, so... Well, it didn't, because... The band band must have been shit. Look it up, Steve. I ruined that. I ruined it. Look it up, Steve. Look it up. The capacity of Shepherd's Bush Empire. Lucas is racing to get there. Yeah. Uh, They actually then didn't do anything between September 2013. Oh, what's that? So, capacity... That that looks one, suspiciously like the word on. the number two thousand. No, I've well, I've got completely different to that. One tablespoon, one tablespoon sunflower oil, one large onion chopped, two three medium carrots, five hundred pack lamb mints. You've looked up shepherd's pie. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all right, guys. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Sorry. It's all right because I've just confirmed. Well, Luke, Lucas has confirmed because 2000. he can see the word the number two thousand. Yeah, so. it's 2,000. Is 2,000 is the capacity. Adam, tell me I'm right. Lucas, never, but 1-0. <laughs> Side point, location of the best gig I've ever been to. But Did you go to this tour, did yeah. you? Yeah. That's <laughs> just good. <laughs> um, yeah, they do nothing between September 2013 and March 2014 when they tour the UK again, but in like more like appropriate venues for the Mannix. They kind of do arenas and Brixton Academy and stuff like that. They tour for two weeks, which is a little bit longer. But it's also a little bit weirder because there is no album out when they're doing that. Rewind the film had come out in September. Um, Futurology wasn't going to come out until July. So they were kind Sounds of... Sounds to me like there were 11 albums out then. There was, yeah. that's <laughs> You're not mistaken. That's bang on. <laughs> um, but it, uh, it, it meant that the, what they were doing was they were kind of previewing songs from Futurology. So we heard them play live Futurology, Let's Go to War, and Europa Get der Schmisch uh, before we heard uh, anything else on the album. On the 28th of April, Walk Me to the Bridge is released as the first proper single. Standard podcast shit, guess where it charts. Standard podcast shit. <laughs> uh, walk Me to the Sorry, Bridge. Sorry, I meant standard shit podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, forty-two. Okay, okay. Lucas, that seems way too like like eighty-eight. That's very close, Lucas. It charts. It always at, is. It charts at eighty-six. Oh, but but Lucas, so Lucas, Lucas, Lucas. I was waiting for this qualification only in Belgium. Oh, it's only in Belgium. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Right. So it doesn't chart anywhere other than Belgium. Just, Have just we so talked you know. before on this podcast about how bad my geography is and I used to think that Belgium was in Germany? Uh, no, <laughs> that's mad. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows that Belgium's not in Germany. It's in France. <laughs> uh, is it? It's in... Wait, no! <laughs> <laughs> Bless. Don't, Bless you. Don't. Um, they then tour Europe for all of May. 
it's one of their biggest European tours in quite a while, actually. Uh, and during that tour uh, on May 12th, Europa Get Dash Mish is released as a YouTube lyric video. So not a real single, but it is kind of out there. You know, we hear a full recorded version of it. And then in the summer, they do festivals, including Glastonbury, where they're third down on the other stage. And again, the album is not out yet. They are playing new material before the album is released and songs from a very particular previous album, which we will get yeah. on to later as well. Um, huh? What? Huh? Huh? And Zoo? then... Zoo? The album... Can I throw a guess? No. And then the album comes out. <laughs> just blocked. <laughs> I just blocked Lucas's guess. <laughs> yeah, go on, guess. Um... Journal for Plague Lovers. Sure. Uh, so Futurology comes out on July the 7th, 2014. It's 13 tracks and 47 minutes long. It's produced by Alex Silver and Loz Williams. The artwork is from a series called Feminist by German artist Katrine uh, Val. Uh, there's like, it's a picture of a woman holding an architectural model. Um, much much better than rewind the film yeah cool artwork uh, they also cool. used the woman dressed in blue posing next to a truck as some of their um as some of their single artwork and yeah. th- in general that that um sort of piece of Theme. art called feminist uh, like encompassed performance art it's very arty very european uh very like striking uh, it's very manix, basically. Yeah. Uh, the quote on the inside of the album is, the lines are joined by finding one another. Um, and that is a quote well, from... That's a lot shorter than usual. Yeah. <laughs> that quote is from Alexander Rodchenko, who's a Russian artist and sculptor who emerged out of the Russian Revolution and worked in the early 1900s. So, the album, Futurology. Yeah. Bit different, isn't it? Uh, Steve said something on the last episode. Yeah. Did I? Did I? <laughs> he said, when we briefly touched on this album being different yes. to Rewind the Film, Yeah. Steve said, there's no rapping on Rewind the Film. That's true. There isn't. There's no rapping on this album. Well, that's not yeah. true. That's, that's not, true. not true. When is there rapping on this album? <laughs> well, okay. I'm just going to say one word to you and then we'll move on. Sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not rapping. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll That's get to it. not right. rapping. Okay. Do you want my thoughts? This is like, way initial... too specific for general thoughts. Uh, no, my portion. general thoughts are Steve was wrong in the last That's episode it. when he said there was rapping. That's, and, that, and those are your only thoughts on this album. So, so Steve, why don't <laughs> why don't you go? <laughs> um. What the fuck is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, 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 I've, I've said it too many times now, especially with guests, that I'm, I'm constantly surprised by the manics. It's kind of boring now. But how am I still surprised? I know, man. Like, I fully expected to get to this point in Manic's career. Like, I was almost certain that after maybe tigers, I knew about yeah, ti- basically tigers. I knew a bit about Jonathan Plague Lovers, but I didn't know what it sounded like. But that. I would just completely nothing every album. Like it would just be yeah, like this is my real concern. Yeah. When we got when we got to the second half of uh, Your Enemy, I yeah. was like, oh god, is this everything from here on out? Because <laughs> yeah, boring. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it'd just be like banal pop rocks, pop <laughs> pop rock, pop, pop rock pop songs. Rock. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's just not the case. Like, well, I suppose yeah. I mean, regardless of your opinion, like or dislike on this album, I don't think you could ever say that it's boring. No. <laughs> It's it's certainly no, not a uh, because a they just suddenly album. 
released this weird Europop electronical experimental madness. Yeah, and it's right. com- it's completely blindsided me. Um, Elephant in the room. Yeah, we briefly touched on this in the last episode. Yeah, Europe, European, Europe rock. Yes, Euro rock, Euro trash, Kraut rock, Euro Kraut rock. Mm-hmm. Okay, it absolutely is that yeah yeah absolutely but what is that because i know that this sounds like european yeah but but why i don't know why apart from the fact that like there's some synth action going on <laughs> but it's not just that it's not just that though can i say this yeah of course I- i'm a pooping european so <sighs> bit of a i said that he could say it so that's on me, really. <laughs> that one's my fault. I was well. If we go back a step further, this is all on Steve's parents. Oh yes, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, there are, well, there are a lot of sounds on this album. There's like a blend of the electronic and the rock. There's electronic drums and lots of bleeps and bloops and sort of like a good it's... mix of like speeds and tempos. And it seems like all over the place. It's very like marchy. There's like a lot of yeah industrial kind of. Um tempos i don't know how to describe it lucas i don't know exactly what you mean but what is is it what specifically is it is it all the foreign language well what it is (laughs) no it is not just that is it's very cohesive with like an actual thrust and theme to the album so when there's a song that includes the word like europa and then that bleeds through to the rest of the album are we talking about are we are we talking about (laughs) europa are we talking about Miss Europa Disco Dancer? Miss Europa Disco Dancer. Not talking about that one. That's a oh, different album. Um, better album. I mean, okay, so no, so, it's not a better album. What am I talking about? So it takes influences from, you know, bands like Kraftwerk and Can. Do you guys know Can? You'll you've heard no, of that's them. That's the thing. I I I know of Kraftwerk and I know a bit of it, but like apart from that, I guarantee I couldn't name a single artist of this genre. But yet I recognise it. What about Noi? The band Noi. It's N E U exclamation mark. You might have seen nope, that. Nope. Spelling it doesn't help. Okay. Nope. It's to be honest, right? It is a sound that is hardwired into our brains as being European. There's the European specifically specifically like German. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, it has European themes, of course, um, and those bands are often referred to as krautrock. Which basically, krautrock is something which takes influences from like psychedelia, electronic music, and prog rock, and it also tries to avoid blues music and blues scales. And the Manic's music is basically built around blues scales, except for on this album when they use a lot of weirder intervals between the notes that we are again are hardwired into thinking is very european i think the stereotype of of like europe is that it's very arty you know france has a very like arty feel to it this is a very arty album is it is it literally that every time there's been a fucking lazy stereotype of like a german band or like yeah. art collective in some fucking stupid comedy movie or something that this is always the music and yeah, so maybe. that's just become a point of reference Spe- specifically like but like i've seen it i've seen it pastiched more times than actually real and <laughs> but that makes it still recognizable as a thing the other thing that you've got to remember about europe especially i think this is a very eastern europe album like i don't see a lot of like 
Italian or Spanish influence on this album. They're part of Europe. I think when we're talking about it being European, we're talking about sort of like the Czech Republic and Poland and Germany and Austria. And you've got to remember that a lot of those places were part of uh, part of the USSR, right? They were part of the Soviet bloc of countries. So also the, the, the thing that's kind of hardwired into our brain is the architecture of those places, especially the Soviet era architecture. And it, And that architecture is like brutal i mean it's called brutalism it's called brutalism yeah. and it's yeah. fantastic and it's all sharp and it's all pointy and this album is yeah. sharp and pointy and a bit it's brutal. weird that the album does evoke architecture. an architectural style yeah. but it does <laughs> i'm gonna google something on mic and i didn't need to uh, but what's futurism that's another art movement is that does that bleed through hold on so yeah it does absolutely so futurology is very specifically the study of the future, trying to like predict things okay. that happen in the future. Futurism, and I think I've got notes on it later on, yep. is is an art style that, again, is very pointy. And I think it, it is either influenced by or leads on to brutalism, I think. Okay, yeah. Um, um, but, but then there's but- also kind of the, the album takes influences from bands like Simple Minds and Scritti Politti and I hear a lot of 70s and 80s Bowie on here as well and of course 70s Bowie is like basically synonymous with that European Berlin kind of vibe definitely low and like I hear bits of like Ashes to Ashes that kind of production on here I know that's not very Berlin but it's it's, it's quite close yeah I, I, I completely get what you mean it's just uh, it's, it can be difficult to articulate though can't it but it feels very... I mean, th- there's an album trailer for this album. It's, it's like an album sampler where you can hear like a minute of each track and all of the visuals are like architectural and spiky and pointy and like Soviet-era buildings. Do you think bands like... Do you think bands like Cannibal Corpse and things like that are upset that this album makes me think of brutalism and not their music? Uh, no, because brutalism isn't just about being like punishing, is it? Brutal. It's about being <laughs> angular and uh, austere, which which is weird because this album's very detailed and and deep as well. It also certainly helps that they say the word Europe and speak in German. Yeah, it does. Yeah, which I guarantee <laughs> is like, a Nicky thing. Yeah, for like, sure. So well, I'm... I mean, he writes all the lyrics, so yeah. He does what? He writes all of the lyrics, Lucas. Oh, I've just guys, I've so, just delivered another frothy hot chocolate. Oh, it's a second. What is for the this? Podcast. What is the point of this? What is this? What's, is what's special? so special about this? What is this? special about that? <laughs> right, guys. Thank you, my love. Right, <laughs> I know it's what you're all waiting for. So. Okay, let's hear the sippage. Oh, oh, it's fucking really delicious. <laughs> oh, that's all right then. She gets to live another day. <laughs> um, I will say that, like. Even if it's considered sort of the second half of a whole, this album, like you see these two albums very much as a. a uh, I see right? them, yeah, kind of. I see them I as s- one project or two okay. halves of where their minds were at the time. Because I see it as absolutely different albums. Yeah, I think the time. only problem is ad- the only thing is is that Adam harked on about that so much that it's now impossible not to think of them as well, two things I, because I guess Adam like, repeatedly made clear that they are part two parts of a whole. But even even that hasn't like like change that for me so like i can see some similarities like they've got a, a lot of guest vocals and female vocals on it i guess yeah and stuff. but that's sort of where it ends for me like if, Wait, you, well, if, I, didn't, if I didn't know the context you could have told is me that not is that not james if i didn't know the context <laughs> yeah no it's yeah he's, he's, he's doing his lady voice vocalist. again <laughs> hello <laughs> i'm a lady <laughs> um 
you could have told me these two albums came out years apart like yeah, yeah. and i would have believed you and they come out of the same session that's yeah. mad isn't it it's fun well they did come is. out years apart one came out what? in like 2011 and the other one came out in like 1972 that's true yeah that's Very true good. yeah good it does sound like it came out in 1972 that is something that i like about it well time travelers yeah, yeah it's true time traveling bit um they're they're also sort of quite firmly in post-punk mode here as well i think N- post-punk has come up a lot of late i'm pretty sure it's something that old dave yeah mentioned a lot uh example me see if we play so post-punk is something that that was obviously born out of punk and came after it hence hence Ooh. sorry that wasn't meant yeah. to sound no, as th- patronizing I, I, as it could. i didn't say describe it did i i said example me uh oh god examples are really hard for me because uh nope. so Susie and the banshees um is post-punk joy division is post-punk um it's basically anything that has that sort of punk energy but sort of gets rid of the simplicity of punk in favor of more complexity and sort of avant-garde influences it basically emerged as a reaction to punk in the same way that punk emerged as a reaction to prog rock sort of about post-rock then which I know is a very different style of music. Yeah, I, I, there, there are some similarities between post-rock but and what, post-punk. what was that born out of? What was post-rock born out of? Yeah. Sort of a reaction to the verse-chorus, verse-chorus sort of thing of rock music. And so post-rock, you know, I'm thinking like Mogwai or Sigaros, uh, you know, extends, you know, th- th- those those songs are at like breaking point, aren't they? Because they like extend the length and how long they'll continuously play one section for um it's the, the, talking about futurology i was very curious about how you guys would react to it because um so uh the way i described it to you steve was that it's uh the holy bible meets lifeblood yeah it's sort of the perfect halfway point between those two albums for me. What do you think of the assertion that this is the halfway point between the Holy Bible and Lifeblood? Um, I can vaguely see the Lifeblood connection yeah. somehow in the... I'm doing the thing with my fingers. Yeah. In the <laughs> milieu of the, the sound. The but, but But not the Holy Bible because I enjoyed this. Right, <laughs> and also just, and also it doesn't the, the 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 all the things that are the Holy Bible is dirge and grim and bleak and dark and and sludge and 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 this is like produced and like nice. It's not nice, but you know what I mean. It's like I don't get any of the dirge. I agree. I I think at all. I think Um, that the production of um, this album is closer to Lifeblood than it is the Holy Bible, but I think the songwriting invokes a lot of the Holy Bible in terms of like political um, messages. They do political on every fucking album. Hang on. But also the riffs are very spiky. There's some spiky riffs. They play around with time signatures like they did on the Holy yeah, Bible. There's some spikage. Um, and some of you... this is dirge. Europa get dirge mish is quite heavy. Yeah, brutal, it is quite dirgy. But it's Holy like Bible esque sort of punishing it's like song. A different kind of dirge. It is because yeah. I don't. I don't. 
the coyote. It's a more pleasant dirge. <laughs> uh, you also said to me, I remember you saying to me, I think it was when we did uh, postcards. Mm. You said you think the next two albums will be for me, but for two di- very different reasons. Um, no, I didn't mean you specifically. We were talking about the one for me, one for you thing. The me being... Yeah, and you said, I think both of the next ones are for you. Oh, you just meant you, the collective you, not you, Lucas. I, well, I think they actually said they podcast. were for me, which would be the Manic Street Preachers. This is like, they're, they're, they're not trying to sell millions of records with these two albums, Rewind the Film and Futurology, whereas Postcards, they were. You know, one last shot at mass communication. Yeah. They'll do a pop. They'll do a, a pop album. They'll do a weird album. Then they'll do a pop album. Then they'll do a weird album. That's what the one for me, one for you sort of thing. Yeah, I thought you said means. that the next two were for me, for the me side of the me and you. Yeah. To me, the lifeblood holy bible thing. When you mentioned it, yeah, and you didn't really go into much about it. No, that's literally like, all I said. <clears throat> yeah, is that that did resonate with me with the album for. for Basically, like the kind of sound of Lifeblood in terms of like synth and cleanness of it. So there's no strings on this album. Yeah, like like, like there the wasn't kind of, on. That's Life... why it's shit. What? <laughs> you just said you enjoyed it. So, um, but the kind no, but I just of... realised there's no strings on it, so I hate it. Well, and but like of... like Lifeblood, the strings are replaced by synths, like you were saying, Steve. But uh, the kind of density of the holy bible and mm. i don't really know how to describe what i mean by the density of it but it's probably it's hard a... fucking work it's not hard work though i've listened right i will say this now i've listened to this album way more than any no of the... i mean the holy bible is hard work that's why it's dense and this one's not got that so much because this uh, isn't hard work but the holy bible is hard work but i'm a bit dense and hard work aren't i yeah that's oh, true such hard work yeah Christ. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. The Holy Bible is like your, you know, I don't know, your Schindler's List. But yes. yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it literally talks about the Holocaust a lot. So, so that yeah, yeah. Very good. And this is more like, I don't know, what's this? This is like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Still got no. No, it's not <laughs> Raiders. It's not Raiders it's, of the Lost it's Ark. It's still got Nazis, Nazis in it, but it is Raiders more of the Lost fun. Ark. No, Raiders of the Lost Ark is like fucking like is like. <laughs> That's it's like really... postcards from a young man or something. <laughs> no, like Adam's easy, accessible, <laughs> blockbuster, nice and enjoyable and fun. Adam's absolutely nailed it. No, this the is Holy like... The Holy Bible is Schindler's List. Futurology is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Let's move on. That's it. It's done. I think this is Terminator 2. Oh, okay. okay. Well, that famously a, a very highly regarded movie. So I'm looking forward to your your discussions on this. Uh, Terminator, on this Terminator 2 does fuck. Oh, Terminator 2 is so good. Terminator 2 is so good. Yeah. Really good. It's, have you not seen it? I said, isn't it really good? Yeah. Oh, I thought, you, I thought that was Everybody's seen Terminator 2, surely. Terminator 2's really good. Went to see it in cinema, like... Is it like just called nice. T2 Judgment really Day? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so this album, to me, uh, seems like a distillation of everything that the band is and has been about with the benefit of hindsight and sort of like a better... Underst- they have a better understanding of themselves at this point of their career. Um, so there's like... There is some some of the lo-fi sort of roughness of the holy bible that is met with like the lush production and less of the anger more of the melancholy of lifeblood or this is my truth uh it has like the blend of rock and electronics that we saw on uh know your enemy uh some of it is kind of stupid like generation terrorists is kind of stupid i'm oh, thinking there's some good stupid on there's this. some great stupid on this um and, and and some of it feels genuinely euphoric like everything must go or the, the the sound they were chasing on send away the tigers and so 
I love that. The, Sorry, that was just such like a back, that was a such backhanded like a, compliment. A backhanded compliment, yeah. Like everything must go, and what they tried to send away the tigers. <laughs> but the the most impressive thing about this album for me, and as you may well have worked out already, this album is absolutely by jam. Um, yeah. Is that it's, they managed to uh, kind of play on all of those things that the Manics have been in on previous albums, and still create something that sounds for the manics brand new um yeah. it's it's one of the most exciting sounds that they've had for me i mean a couple of songs y- you could easily just like stick on a compilation cd put a completely different band name and no one would yeah. go like isn't this manic street preacher yeah exactly yeah, what that never band know. did as a, a design like life, you would never clue you just no. bang a different name on it and you'd be like oh yeah it's a band called like go on the euro Something. Euro, <laughs> the Euro something. Um, oh, that's an interesting point, actually, Lucas. You're talking about like how, um, like the European feel of this album. Uh, this is just sort of sprung to my head. It was released in 2014. There was a lot of Europe in the air around that point, as sort of the rise of UKIP in this country and discussions about whether or not we were going to leave the European Union. You know, we're only two years away from the referendum uh, at this point and and Which obviously, obviously famously everyone made the right decision and we didn't leave yeah that's right that's what happened <sighs> let's not don't to dream that's what happened that's what happened Shh, that's what happened to dream don't 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 manix very pro europe so i think they did want to write a love letter to europe in this album shall we should we dig in yeah you happy? Yes, Should we please. start the track? Yeah. The track? yeah. I yeah. love I love the yeah. I love See? the opening sound uh, of this album, which is just Title track opens with the title track Futurology. Yeah. Uh, good song, good opener. We, Back to having a good opener. Yeah, we um, we're talking about the one one like just yeah. instantly from that. Again, like a lot of their albums, it automatically sets up that we know this is going to be different, and it gives you a complete idea of what the album's going to be like just from that noise. Yeah, for personally, sure. Personally, I feel. Um, yeah. Um, it's good that we keep doing it. It's really, it's good that we keep going. <laughs> 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 
Oh. I can't stop it now. Yeah. Um, Do you know what it sounds like? Wom. Go on. Wom. Wom. <laughs> Does it sound like that? And when you say, do you know what it sounds like? Are you talking about the song in general or just the bit that goes, wom, 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 wom? Adam's very good at it, actually. Well, I mean, I actually said, do you know who it sounds like? Go on. And are you talking about the whole song sounding like a particular person or are you talking about the bit that goes, wom, 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 wom? wom. Uh, no, I'm actually more specifically talking about the... Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. In the background, I mean, it sounds like the airborne toxic event. Who Ooh. a cursory gurgle, a cursory gurgle, <laughs> gurgle. Cursory, Lucas, you, you've been Google. gurgling that band for a little while. You should stop a cursory Google, a cursory Google uh, says that they are described as post post punk. Indeed, so indeed, I'm correct. Uh, oh, wow, sure. the airborne toxic event. God, I've not. Yeah, but I haven't thought about them for years. Yeah, God, I forgot <laughs> they existed. That sounds like 2020. Yeah. Am I right, guys? That is good. Yeah, I haven't thought about the band in years. I listened to their first album quite a lot and I've not heard a single thing from them since. Yeah, yeah that's mad. Well, I, have I to saw them live up. one time. And, Did you uh, well, they're still about. Yeah, I saw them live at Reading. I didn't pay. Oh, yeah, no, no, of course not. Stupid. How stupid of me <laughs> to suggest you did. Um, the Can first... we um, quickly talk about how much this fucks? Yeah, it's, it's a cool opener. To, to, to be really honest, right, the first time I heard this, I thought this was a bit naff. Because I thought it was like too simple and just like your run-of-the-mill euphoric-esque sort of Mannix rock song. Oh, no, it's it's so not. Like, it's got such an understated chorus. Like, he comes down a register. um, It doesn't really explode. That's Nicky. Is it, though? Yeah, that's Nicky on the chorus. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Oh, I love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) Oh, I'm really happy. There's (laughs) also a lot of, like, subtlety going on. Yeah, man. I thought he was just, like, strumming the guitar, but it's not. It's actually quite subtle, like, picking. There's a lot of electronic noises. There's some weird tapping in the verse. It sounds like an Eastern instrument where it goes, like, ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Have you thought about the bit at the beginning where it goes, wom, 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 wom? wom. <laughs> no, but that's cool. Yeah, like the, the drum pattern, Sean's drumming on this is great. Just the drum pattern. The de- now, that is the de- that is one of the de- biggest de- de- sort de- of Krautrock influences on this album is that. It's that very, very efficient. The very driving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The very, like the motoric driving beat yeah. is what it's known yeah. as. I feel like a lot of this is like borderlining on like. It is, yeah. Really, yeah. <laughs> really <laughs> bored stereotypes. But it's yeah. all like the- efficient German rock. Oh, yeah, but have you heard Kraftwerk, Rammstein? Though? Rammstein are, the, as well. are so efficient. Yeah. They're so efficient. Um, also, uh, it's the first song on the album has got a breakdown that involves a bass solo. Uh, right, I was going to say that this is kind of weird breakdown in it with like some fucking mad synth noises in it. There's a bass wait, wait, solo. Remind me, remind okay. me, let me, see, pop it let me in. see if I can pop it, it on. Pop it in. I like the bit, guys. Have you noticed the bit where it goes? Oh, pick up, pick up the bass. Guys, remember when Nicky was like, could barely play the bass? I know, right? He's great. Yeah, he's nailed it after years of playing it. Do you remember, do you remember, when, James, remember when James had to play the bass on the songs that had some complexity? Yeah. Because Nicky wasn't good enough to do it. Yeah. And it only took, good him, on him. It only took him 24 years. Good on him. He's, you know. 
Um, lyrically, I know, you know, we don't really like talking about lyrics on this podcast. Uh, none of us, well, none of us really does. listen to lyrics. So um, it seems to be about sort of giving up parts of yourself <laughs> or others in order to achieve something bigger, which in a pre-Brexit sort of world is actually quite a, a sort of really nice mood to be putting out there uh, there's great lines on there that i love like we've all killed some ants or we've all yeah, failed I ourselves to, i was about to mention that we've all killed some ants and then it talks about a magnifying glass guys did you ever kill ants with a magnifying glass i did nope. not no same like but that seems to be such a trope in like well, cartoons and stuff and i've never done it did i miss out well we grew up with playstations <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. We, grew up, we did we did grow up with with n64s yeah. which famously in... is a lot more fun than torturing animals we also yeah. grew up in <laughs> england where it's very overcast that's true that's true yeah. and i and you know my but local yeah, shop didn't sell direct... magnifying glasses so oh what yeah. you didn't want to be a spy but yeah like that line is just like really I don't know it's quite it cuts through quite a bit that that line really stood out to me we yeah definitely i'll be honest lads go on I this is the first album since like Gold Against the Soul where I didn't even attempt to look up the lyrics. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. That's how and you listen. To I music. heard, I heard, we all killed some ass. <laughs> <laughs> Had you just listened to Patrick Bateman? I haven't heard it yet. Did you all kill killed God's some, ass? All killed some ass. Well, killed some ass. <laughs> killed some ass. <laughs> Do you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if this song was like a political statement talking about like failed leaders in europe who've like taken the approach of uh, <laughs> like boris johnson right guys <laughs> <laughs> like take, taking the mm. the of, of like sacrificing mm. for the greater good you know uh, i know that they're very into their obviously their european history so futurology steve as we were talking literally means studies of the future coined by german professor by the way there's so many like foreign names on here that i know i'm gonna fuck up the pronunciation of so huge apologies in advance uh, it was coined by german professor ossip k fletchheim uh, in the mid 1940s again that sort of like european influence that brings to mind old europe with like failed states and failed politicians in the soviet era of eastern europe yeah it just brings that all to mind um cool opening track cool song good song great song love it yeah cool song good song great quite song. quite good it. yeah excellent quite good cool song, good, good song great song love it <laughs> not as good as some of the other songs on the album i would agree with cool that. song great good. song good song love it but a solid start <laughs> slowly to the bridge with nothing left that we can give we smile at this ugly world it never really suited you old songs leave long shadows makes you shut down all your emotions money needs money and slums need the poor killed like an animal like an animal lying on the floor
uh, Walk Me to the Bridge. So that was the first uh, single. That was the first proper recorded thing that we heard from the album. Right. Okay. So we got a pretty good idea that it was going to sound quite different to rewind the yeah, film. It has a fucking sax solo. <laughs> Straight. <laughs> Does it? I don't think that yeah. that is a saxophone. What is it then? <laughs> Hang on. That's his guitar. That's a saxophone. Hang on. All right, we're listening. Okay. Guitar. Okay, that sounds very saxophonic. It does. It does sound saxophonic. It does. There's a lot of very odd processed guitar sounds on this album, like which Lifeblood had, right? Yeah, exactly. It was guitars, and and both both albums. They're not using strings, so they've got a you know they're they're putting all these odd sounds in there. The the bass on this sounds incredibly cool. I I don't know what it is they've done to it, but it sounds like very affected and very like eighties. Just in general, like it's extremely euphoric. Like you said, what the bass? (laughs) (laughs) Or do you mean do you mean the song in general? The song in general, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) That really euphoric (laughs) (laughs) hands in the air. Dun, 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 dun. He's he's put his hands in the air for those those that can't see him. Sorry, Adam. Go on. What were you saying about the bass? No, no, yeah, no, no. I to- no, I totally agree. It, it, yeah, like it, it has that kind of eighties-ish vibe again, like like yeah. Lifeblood did, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, definitely does. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a comparison that you're gonna hate. Okay, cool. But the, but Lucas's sax solo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, sure. Which is now what it's called the, the non-existent sax solo. Yeah, yeah. That, but that that huge explosion basically at two, at two minutes thirty or roughly whenever it is, isn't it? Something like that. Well, the the synth, um, the huge synth yeah. in the chorus. Yeah. No, no, the, the, guitar, the guitar solo. Oh, the sorry. Solo. Yeah, yeah. Um, sax solo. It gave me really, it gave me really, it gave me like proper war on drugs vibes. And oh. like, I know you'll hate that because does you don't Steve, like does Adam, does Adam hate war on drugs? I do yeah. not like war on drugs. Um, wow, that's so wrong. Uh, yeah, I've, think... been, I've been told that it's wrong. It's just... Um, to throw your own phrase right back at you. Yeah, I know. It's just... Um... War, war on drugs is livid. <laughs> yeah, he hates me. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I know. I've been told I'm wrong. I try and get into it on like... A regular basis and i just can't just can't do it um, i i think that the um the similarity that you're picking up on there is the drum beat actually because there's oh, lots of stuff it. going on but the drum beat is very steady yeah no, you're right, which yeah. is a very war on drugs sort of thing to do war on honestly drugs. how do you pick on these the individual little bits of songs like i just I just is it just just no idea <laughs> I just don't. I just don't. I just. I just don't. I just can't laser in on bits in the way that you do. Oh, we all laser in on bits, Lucas, whether they're good or not. Like I'm, co- I'm complimenting you, Adam. You're, you're, well, you're good at music. Here's, here's something that I, that, a little bit that I, uh, uh, you're fucking so, ugly, sort, of, <laughs> sort of heard. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a production technique used on the drums that I'm pretty sure is ripped off straight from Tony Visconti when he produced "Low" by David Bowie, which is, yeah. um. The, the, there's two tracks of drums one is normal and one is pitched an octave down to no, give the cool. to give the drums this like deep booming sort of sound that he lowers oh. the pitch and saturates it and i think i love that, that yeah i think that they do a lot of interesting stuff with drums on this album actually wait so what's so the wait so it's pitched down yeah but but then put under the regular um drums so you've got two drum tracks running one one like pitch an octave down and one regular it just makes it sound deeper and and 
it makes it sound heavily affected. You can hear it a lot on um, on the Low album uh, by David Bowie. Um, um, Elephant in the Room. Yeah. On the surface, this song sounds like it's about Richie. It does, doesn't it? So, yeah. like, painfully. Yeah. But I I know that they're not going to be that obvious. Nikki has said that this is not about Richie. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet you, if, if you ask them about it, they go, oh, I guess you yeah. could see it that way. Yeah. He has said that this is about the Orisund Bridge between Sweden and Denmark, uh, over which, when they were right. driving over it, Nikki was contemplating leaving the band. And the fatal friend that he refers to in this song okay. is is the band, according to Nikki. At the okay, same yeah. time, at the same time though, yeah, pretty obviously about Richie. Still blinded by your intellect. I was <laughs> yeah. going to say it's more like, and I haven't written this down because I, I, I've listened to it since I, I wrote these notes. But um, it's it almost seems like it's about the myth of Richie and just that kind of his his um, yeah for sure how he was seen in the public, what people thought happened, all that sort of stuff, rather than like it, it's almost yeah it's almost like storytelling and- like a myth. And the mark that that leaves on the band, there's a line in there that is, um, old songs leave long shadows. There you go. Uh, which is, I think it's actually quite telling. And I don't, I, like, I get why Nicky would be reticent to just keep going like, oh yeah, this song's about Richie, and this song's about Richie, and this yeah. song's about Richie. Um, but I think this one, you can draw a lot of connections with, with Richie here. Obviously, there's the bridge. Yeah, um, which, which that's that's the reason why I think it's like, it's so it's obviously not yeah. directly like this is about him. And it's but then there's lines like it... um this like this ugly world never suited you or something like yeah. that. Still um, blinded by your intellect. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I I have always heard sort of like that as as a Richie sort of uh, themed song. Yeah, themed. Yeah. What what, what do you, what do you think of it? Like, do you like the song? Good single, bad single. Great song, good single. Wow, heavy. Love it. It's so good. It's got. I like it less. Not know knowing that it's not a saxophone, and I'm not even joking. <laughs> do you know what? I actually kind of agree. Like, I, I know what you mean. A saxophone, yeah. but I wish it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely am a bit like I don't like it as much. Just... <laughs> I like the idea. I just love the idea of busting out a fucking saxophone. Horn more on the on an amp. Well, why like, don't you just... like? Why don't you just imagine from now on that it is a saxophone? Well, it was that? anyway. Okay, that, well, was, yeah. that was. But now you've ruined it. I'm sorry. Well, that's what context will do to you. It's just a less cool image, like like JDB, like standing there going, like with a guitar, like yeah, oh, some like no, I some find... dude like sprinting on stage with a saxophone again. <laughs> I'm I'm picturing the epic sax guy, you know yeah, the epic yeah, sax in guy. The, in the I'm obviously, no I'm obviously picturing him. No, no, no. That's that saxy sax man, Sergio Torres. Oh, who are you talking yeah, about? Come I'm on, talking Steve, about the epic. That, that's the wrong I'm sax about the, guy. I'm talking about the epic sax guy. What? What's the difference? Have you not heard epic sax man? The um. Which is also very European. It's from like Slovenia or something, right? Yeah, that is very European. Like, You're right. All yeah. I think of when I hear that is that um, just that gif of Gandalf nodding his head. Somebody <laughs> put it a ten-hour video of Gandalf nodding uh, his head to that song. My two of my dearest friends. Little shout out here. Me and uh, Steve. It was at their, at their wedding. Uh, they. Steve and I my did not get bur- married. It was. It, it was my birthday on the day after the wedding, and at midnight. When it turned to my birthday, the last song of the night, we played Epic Sax Guy and had a little dance, and that was the end of the night. At that's the wedding. really good. <laughs> that's I love good. that. Yeah. That's great. 
Um, uh, well, not gonna name them though. They don't get. They don't stuff. Like what should we do now? Um, let's um... let's go on the next jet to. Li- oh, mm, sorry. Oh, oh, sorry. Lucas is reading comprehension there, really scuppering any chance we had of doing a segue. Sorry, I'll try again. Okay, okay. what should we do next? Divine youth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've talked about spooky <laughs> manic songs. Yeah, yeah. But this one is straight off a Halloween kids album. Yeah, this is this is the top spookiest one. They keep. This spooky. is like yeah. you play it on the the haunted mansion ride <laughs> at Disneyland. He even says skeletons. He does. He does. He does. <laughs> it's, it's spooky. You've got to give it's it to them. They <laughs> love a spooky song, don't they? Spooky. Um, uh, this I'm I'm going to temporarily for one episode only. Yeah. Allow us to say the word muse without okay. censoring because they're going to come up. This reminds me quite a bit of muse. It does it very much so. Which bit? Is it the Which kind of element? The, the whole of the... the whole song. Let me let me break it down. So it's got Put like down, that, that militaristic sort of feel that muse use quite often. In their more recent stuff. Yeah. But it's also got that futuristic feel. So it's actually kind of got like a futuristic, militaristic feel, which reminds me of sort I... of Drones era muse. But I don't hear futuristic. I hear spooky. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, 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 I just hear, hear skeletons. <laughs> I, I hear lots of like technology and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and ghouls. The... Yeah. <laughs> Steve, you need to pronounce it at least correctly. Ghouls. Ghouls. <laughs> The lyrics are very simple uh, initially, and the specificity isn't clear, which Muse do quite a bit. That, that is their that yeah. is their bread and butter <laughs> is non-specific, sort of vaguely political. Lyrics. Yeah, so all the complications, all the deviations, all the holy edicts, all the broken subjects. Those those sound like Muse lyrics. Um, yeah, the title of the song is, ch- <laughs> is 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 "Let's Go to War," and it's chanted in the chorus. It's let's, let's go, go to war. war. Like Muse yeah. would do that. Like they do that in Psycho. I think you're just thinking of Uprising, aren't you? No, they do that in Psycho. They do it in Supermassive Black Hole. The the titles of those songs are chanted in the background rather than sung. Yeah, uh-huh. um, and it cribs from classical music in the same way that Muse does. This is very specifically in the Hall of the Mountain King. Or the Alton Towers theme tune, as you might know it. 
Oh yeah. Which Alton Towers often their marketing is based around like scary spooks. Exactly. That's why it sounds spooky. It's because it's in the Hall of the Mountain King. I don't necessarily. I mean, I I do take your point, but I also I didn't hear it. There's a lot of similarities until you just said it. Um, but also the cribbing from classical music like reminds me of classically post-punk bands like Public Image Limited, who are almost basically the post-punk band uh, because it's the band Johnny Rotten went on to do after Sex Pistols. But uh, their song Death Disco... Is that before or after he was in a butter advert? It was before. Oh, it gets worse. He's now a real piece of racist shit. Fucking twat. <laughs> Death, Death Disco <laughs> in- interpolated Swan Lake uh, on, on the Metal Box album. Well worth a listen. Uh, this song also f- nah. it also features Ka- uh, Kate LeBon on backing vocals. She's one of the people that is shouting "Let's go to war," uh, and she was on Four Lonely Roads, uh, Lucas's most hated song ever. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, it's weird she's not credited on Wikipedia at least. <laughs> no, uh, no, she's not. Um, they probably were shamed after this fucking dirge they put out with her before. I Incorrect. love this song. Yep, great song, good song, good song. Love it. James's voice on uh, to feel some pureness and pain in the chorus yep. is amazing. I've and writ- literally written, we could, and we always do, talk about how good his voice is. Like, <laughs> yeah, especially... Yeah, yeah. He's got pipes. He's got, got pipes. pipes. He does have especially pipes. Especially the last chorus. He's the Mario of the band. Um, the what? Does Mario have pipes? You would think he so. travels in pipes. He's a plumber. He, like, he's a plumber. Carry yeah. pipes? He should do. Yeah. He's a plumber. Why would he not bring yeah. his own pipes? Does he expect Sunny. the person who who he's doing work for to supply their own pipes? I don't think so. <laughs> of course he's got pipes. Yeah. And he can sing very well. Yeah. Uh, can he? I like that the 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 first uh the first line of the second verse then it it steps away from that simplicity vague sort of lyricism because it's talking about uh, the war against the oppressors of the working class. You know, the working class skeletons lie scattered yeah. in museums and all the false economies speak falsely of your dreams. That's still a little vague. It's a little muse-esque. God, I'm really glad I don't have to bleep all of these on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think it works here and I like the... Uh, I, just, I just like this song. It's ballsy. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So far, all three of these, I've like... I like them. They're fine but also they're fine. Oh, no, okay. man, this is this is my jam. I love... Like, none I love... of these, but, but I don't dislike any of it. I do like it, but I also am not blown away by any of them. I love, I love all the details in the background and, like... Look it up on Wikipedia, uh, Lucas. I think it'll, it'll tell you what Sean Moore is credited um, with for this album. And, Let's go through the list, shall we? And I'm pretty sure... Sean Moore, drums... Yeah. I'm pretty sure Soundscapes. Yes, Soundscapes, Soundscapes. is on there. Machines. Yep. <laughs> Guitar. Yep. Machines. Sequences. Percussion. Timpani. And, oh. So we've already had machines. Yep. Yeah. 
And the last one is just technology. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference? Well, What's the difference? some are machines and some are technology. So do you think yeah. the machines are like are like analog? It's I like think they're like powered by engines. steam. And then, yeah. and then technology <laughs> is like digital. Yeah, exactly. I can sure, hear in the background. The cogs. <laughs> I can hear in the background like lots of like what sounds like fizzing wires and technology going wrong and stuff. And I fucking love all of that shit. I love the detail in the background. Do you think they used a lot of like analog old analog desks oh, for doing sure a lot of just just for doing sure. a lot of nonsense and those doing yeah. a lot of <laughs> those modular synths where you have to like take wires out of one bit and plug it oh, into another yeah. yeah beautiful i saw i saw holy fuck live oh cool and i remember just being like this is the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen yeah. because they're just unplugging shit and plugging <laughs> shit in and like pulling tape through machines yeah i've no idea stuff. how they like, remember what are what you even what? doing yeah exactly here. They could have just stuck play on a MacBook and they're just acting. <laughs> Lucas, at any point, did you say, holy fuck? Um, I mean, I probably said, oh, they're quite good. Yeah, they're called holy fuck. Oh. Yeah, probably. Yeah, cool. Wow. I don't know who I was talking to yeah. in the crowd of a holy fuck gig that I have to point hey, out what the name of the band is. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I, I, just, I, I also love that they have all that, the weird shit that goes on in the background, but they're still pop songs. They're like, all, all yeah. they're all really catchy still i feel myself like Ugh. walking around oh right chanting let's go to war but that's just you know that's nothing to do with this uh let's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just your real hatred for the dutch exactly what? <laughs> i just don't like him uh... it's always honestly you ever talk to get, ever get adam talking about how is about his political views? Yeah. All he wants it's to do is go to war. He's the, the famously Netherlands. aggressive Dutch. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dutch. all he wants to do is go to the fucking war with the Netherlands. And I don't get it. That's <laughs> what we should be doing. If I got into government, it's the first thing I'd propose. <laughs> I hate the colour orange. <laughs> um, so we've had like three high energy bangers. Now this song, this next one's a bit weird because it feels like a lower energy one, but it's still got that, that like driving sort of beat. It's still quite up tempo. Let's have a listen to uh, the next jet to leave Moscow. Wanna play in Cuba? Something, something, something about that gig in Cuba. 
the next jet to... gig in Cuba, innit? They did that gig in Cuba. They did do that gig in Cuba. That's, that's right. what they talked about on the song. Yeah, that's true. I thought you didn't listen to the lyrics, Lucas. That's really good lyrical analysis, that is. I know, right? That's really good. Something, um, something's gig in Cuba, something, something, DVD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but how they sold the DVD. Silly little fucker. Yeah, how stupid it was to sell the DVDs. That's what, that, <laughs> that's what it's about. Uh, that song, just really quickly, features... Uh, it's actually the second song on the album to feature Shian Shiaran, who's the keyboardist from Super Furry Animals. Um, he was also on Futurology, and he makes cool. some sort of like electronic sounds throughout the song. James cool. uh, said he epitomized the blend of rock and experimental that I think they were going for on cool. this album. I really like this. I think this is the closest it gets to Lifeblood. To Lifeblood? Yeah. 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 100%. Yep. Absolutely. I it's love got it. Lifeblood vibes. Yeah. I love it's it. Also completely written by James Dean Bradfield. So the lyrics and everything are written by Oh, no way. That's great. James. Yeah. Um, oh, he's doing really well, was, isn't he? That was, his career. That was borderline patronizing. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's doing no, so well. Oh God, isn't he doing well? Look at our boy. <laughs> it. I, I was just saying to Lucas actually, I haven't got this written down, but um, uh, it sounds like the National, um, in 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 the way that like the National writes slow, sad songs and then kind of play the drums in double time. <laughs> so like this song, yeah. this song would feel much more somber. If the drums weren't doing that sort of very German, but yeah, it feels like serene, but it's got those weird janky chord changes, you know, the din, din, din. I just, yeah, love it. Gives me like nice feels. Well, I don't have a lot to say about it, but it, right. it is, it is nice in a lifeblood yeah. sense. Yeah, 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 yeah just nice Lots it's of nice sort of... to sit in that song isn't it yeah i really i said, like I said sit song. i said sit not that it's shit. <laughs> um so it seems to me that they're sort of poking fun at themselves a bit yeah like, for sure about, about, about being hypocrites and like yeah you know playing cuba take your badges off and do your show it's yeah like a very inward looking song and a very a very personal one just being like you know yeah it yeah, seems very it, hypocritical it, like what well, genuinely seems to be about like i was looking this up and a couple of years before this song came out they had played sh- a show in moscow um uh and he had to take his his military badges off you know they wear military right. stuff on stage yeah. and it's yeah. literally about that you know you take your badges off and do your show and then catch the next flight to leave moscow um but also like he would usually wear them so is it hypocritical to take them off just for that one show and then well, yeah for the yeah. yeah, and then it references the gig in Cuba and perhaps how it was like misunderstood by everybody. Like, so you played in Cuba, did you like it? And he calls himself brother in like that sort of communism sort of way. Did you like it, brother? Um, I bet you felt proud, you silly little fucker. <laughs> yeah, I love that line. It's so good. That really stood out. And all the 60s dream dreamers called us English, which... Yeah, what's that about? What's that? Well, they're Welsh, but of course... Yeah, I know they're Welsh. <laughs> uh, wait, have we covered that yet? <laughs> Oh, they are from Wales. Yeah, no, but what I mean is, what's the Sixties well, Dreamers thing? Well, the Sixties Dreamers, like uh, the the old um, people who were, you know, communist. Sixties Dreamers, but also, okay. um, I imagine they would have called the Manics English. You know, they're not necessarily aware of the country or right. Wales. You know, like we talked about this with Greg. Unfortunately, Wales is connected to England, and so it kind of gets lumped in with with us, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, I really very, like very, this song. very, very wrongly. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. wrongly. Uh, I find this song to be very atmospheric. Um, yeah, and they're literally at this point four for four for me. Like, 
Yeah, it's an absolute badger. It's not my favourite on the album, but it's still fucking great. It might be one of my favourites on the album. Okay. It's definitely in the top 13, I'll give you that for free. Yeah, it's it's in the top 13 on the album, for sure. I'd say it's at least in the top 12. (laughs) Oh, wow. So there's at least one song you like less. Actually, wait, no, I I think this is the best one so far, so it must be at least in the top 10. Okay. Hmm. Okay, so this this next... Stand by for my ranking of every song on this album. <laughs> <laughs> this next song... Hmm. Um, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm very curious about your guys' reaction to. Okay. This is maybe the most... This is like the least manic-sounding thing on the album, maybe? This is one of the ones that I said you could just shove on a, on a, yeah. on a compilation, put a different name, and no one would know it's the manic. It was okay. also pretty much the impetus for this podcast... In its really in its original form, yes. So is this you and friend of the podcast James Quinn? Yes. When it was di- when it was different hosts, um, yeah. I one one of us thinks that this song is great, and one you? of us <laughs> and one of us one of us thinks it's like probably literally one of the worst songs they've ever heard. James Quinn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so Hi, that, James. So the uh, the argument that we would often have about this song was then extrapolated into their career sort what, of at large. Right. Okay. Now, unfortunately, the poor public are never going to get to witness these arguments. No, real. they're not. They're not. And, because, and I'm not. Uh, and I'm not going to do them because James is not here to uh, to defend himself. Oh, exactly, exactly. I mean, obviously, yeah. after he went mysteriously missing, and me and Steve then got involved in the podcast. Yes, exactly. He's under Adam's you know. patio. Because they disagreed about Europa Gjordersmish. Not bad. <laughs> woman singing that Nina don't, Hoss. don't don't ruin it for me okay right she's seven foot six <laughs> she's she's butch she's really muscly and she's got like she's she's probably about like 58 <laughs> she's got short gray hair and she's stern she's severe no she's a beautiful woman oh is it's, she it's yeah, nina yeah. hoss uh the german actress no, she's, she's it's a really famous the thing actress. I ju- no, it's the thing I just said. It's the it's the caricature yeah. I just made up in my brain. Well, she's yeah. potentially most famous for her um, uh, collaborations with 
the uh, Christian Petzold, the director. I've just looked her up, and I don't think I've seen a single film she's ever been in. Have you ever seen any Petzold films? I can't remember um, the names I mean, of them now. I feel They're like that was probably covered by me saying I've never seen a single film she's right. in. Right, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. Uh, do, would you, do you want a translation for um, for the title? Uh, I Yeah, I've forgotten it, but yeah, go on. Broadly, it translates to uh, Europe flows through me. Yeah, cool. Which is nice. Uh, so yeah. it's fucking brutal it's yeah, so like in, it. it's like industrial and industrial regimented yeah i don't even know so german i don't even know where to begin yeah. but fuck me i love it it's so good right uh this, this is the thing that for me has the most in common with the holy bible oh interesting okay it's very like speak on that gritty and lo-fi and it has you know, just little touches of things—things things that are designed to make you feel uncomfortable or punish you in some way. That, like, okay. <laughs> that, that little sound effect is very odd. <laughs> I just think the bass sound is just—it yeah. just fucks. Yeah, yeah. It's the fact yeah. that they double it up with um, it's it's Nikki's bass and a synth bass at the same time, and it's oh, just the same thing. It's just one note. Din 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 din. Yeah. I've just found myself going Europa, gig Deutschmis, just to myself around the house, doing the washing up, to the cat, to the cat. And I mean that that verse in German. Oh, it's so good! Like it's so cool. So it's the same lyrics as the English verse before it, isn't it? But in German, if I'm right. No. I, I think it is though it's not it's ghosts appear like ruined sleep struck by time i left behind keep on moving to escape keep on running away from life oh which bit there is a bit where she repeats what he said in german though oh oh uh, european screams european dreams the yes, bridge oh, sorry. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah 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 fine that's the bit i'm thinking of i'm very sorry <laughs> i think i speak on behalf of every guest and every listener when i say apology rejected <laughs> You speak on behalf of every guest. He does. I mean, what? I meant to say listeners, but I, re- I went with it. I mean, okay, what fine. a lot of people don't realise is, and we should we should come clean on this, any time we've had a guest on, it's been Lucas doing an impression. Yeah. <laughs> I do a fucking good Michael Sheen. Yeah, and a great Terry Hall. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Really good. Really good. Um, I love the little reverb harmonies in the background where he says Europe yeah. had a language problem and on problem, problem you can hear the problem in the background. Yeah, great. That's great. I love how, how pro-Europe the lyrics are in a time with the, where the, the anti-EU sentiment and the UKIP, uh, pro-UKIP uh, sentiment is growing. I love yeah. that the Mannix would release a single with a verse in German. Yeah, it's mad, man. It's like, is that that weird? Mad. Because ninety nine love balloons was a very popular song. <laughs> yeah, thirty years ago. Nine nine zig love balloons. Yeah, it's like a marching drumbeat. Yeah, way through it's like uh, a proper march. James literally describes it as marching. He said that this song is marching to its own beat, which yeah, it definitely right. is. It just it's quite different to anything they've done before. I think. Um, I just I love some of the lyrics on it as well. God builders, divine losers. Let's salute eternalism, and eternalism is uh, the notion that all time exists concurrently, so the past is not gone, and we're not waiting for the future. It's all happening now. 
Cool. In a bookcase in space. Oh, spoiler alert. For Schindler's List. Okay. Is <laughs> that little cowbell? Yeah. That was a really bad impression of a cowbell, by the and, way. <laughs> and the little guitar, the little, the little guitar that goes wah, 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 in the in the verses, just in the background. I just don't know. I, I really struggled to write notes about it because I was just like, oh, and then and then there's this bit. <laughs> oh, I absolutely fucking love this song so much. It's so good. Um, I don't. Like, I'm a, I feel a bit addicted to it. Oh yeah, you know I, I, mean? I listen to this song a lot. I mean, spoiler alert: this makes it into uh, my top ten. For oh yeah, sure. So, yeah. What, what a tune. Uh, I'd put it in the top just... ten on this album. Yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> but Nina Hoss's vocal is just fantastic. Um, There's some great YouTube clips of them playing it live. She came out and did it at the Glastonbury show in 2014. Actually. One of oh, yeah, I didn't. One of that. the best nights of my life, uh, because it was um, Mannix followed by Pixies, followed by John Hopkins, and uh, I don't remember a lot of it. Some drugs were done. If you, if yeah, if you were there <laughs> with me and you're listening to the podcast, you'll no doubt remember having to drag me out of a crowd somewhere anyway it doesn't matter um, <laughs> it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's very fun it's very fun oh man oh, i've got not a lot else to say about it but just well then you know that 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 kind of it's the album sort of reaches a, a sort of a peak there because that's right. quite punishing and it's sort of uh very it's so specifically I mean, there's no other way than like to just say brutalism You're, like it's such yeah. a brutalist song um yeah. and then to kind of so the album does what it needs to do i think and just brings it down a notch for the next yeah, track correct. i love all these little ambient noises this is sean on the machines yeah all technology all the technology <laughs> yeah but, but it also could be the soundscapes oh unless we forget <laughs> to being um, another song that has no manics vocals. Yeah. Like James Which... does like a couple of lines and the rest is sung by um, Georgia Ruth Williams who is a Welsh singer and harpist and I think she plays harp on this. I can hear some very heavily affected harp in the background. She does. Yeah. yeah. Confirmed. It's What a lovely sound. I love that they put a distorted uh, harp on it. And, and, and Is it the... that distorted? Um, it just goes. 
Yeah, but then there's other stuff happening in the background that you can hear. It's the same notes. But they're, oh, is they're... that dun 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 the harp? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there's just a lot of just swirling well soundscapes made with machines and technology. I think yeah. is, is what it is. Yeah. But machines it's... and or technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I like that the drums are still prominent, even though it's a slower song. Like that yeah. sort of. Yeah, it's yeah. quite in uh, your face. So, when this song sort of began, when I first listened to it, I thought, oh, okay. Like, it, it felt a bit of a lull. And I was like, oh, I'm, I was ready to be bored by it. Right. That's then those strings kick in, or the da 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 just like, or synth, or whatever it is. It was just, like, absolutely beautiful. And like, yeah. Um, it, yeah, like, it, it, like you said, it, it's a nice point in the album. Like, this album flows so well that it just brings you slightly out of the madness. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Lovely song. But then it gets mad again after this. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I wanted to say, and this might anger a lot of people, but it, it's purely from love, is that this track is the most like an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical song I've heard from this band. Oh, It's what? almost like it's from Les Mis or Chess or something. Honestly, man. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm so what? into that. Um, what I is it about it? I I couldn't tell you. I really couldn't. Um, it's just the vocal pattern. The, the right. It's got to be something pattern. to do with the melody. It sounds quite dramatic me- or exact- something. Exactly. I don't. I really wish I could tell you more. But like, are you I mean, picturing I, a woman singing it on stage by herself with the spotlight on her during yeah. her like solo bit? Yeah. In the, oh, in the, oh in mate, the I just got shivers when you said that. Oh Jesus Christ! It's been a while. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, it's been yeah, a while yeah, yeah, since yeah. we've had one of them. So yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm surprised like, that you were ready to be bored by that until the weird bits, because it's like a lovely lady singer, and that's like 100% your speed. Right, for, but on this insane album, I was like, oh, it's not a mad song. Right. Like, I, I wanted at this point, bam, bambostic, I was going to say, let's yeah, go with it. Bambostic. Um, but I, yeah, it was a lovely little palate cleanser. And at the end of this song, I just felt like I could sit in this track forever. And also at track six, like, if if this starts up, I could see why you might think like, Oh, okay. They front-loaded the weird stuff at the front, and now we're getting into, yes. you know, what the rest of the album is going to sound like. Now, exactly that. That is not the case, as we know. No. Uh, I really like that song. I I think it's potentially maybe my least favorite on the album, but I still really like it, and I put it on uh, on its own just to listen to because I love it nice. very much. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, I don't massively rate it yeah it's enough it's nothing to you i think it has that bit of tweeness uh that you yeah like. it is i really and i want to <laughs> i want to defend put the record straight so i've words what, that you don't hate female vocalists. i don't hate female vocalists <laughs> okay you, well, just, you just hate tweeness <laughs> uh, yeah i just hate tweeness and unfortunately that tends to more be female-led singers tends to more uh, be. In, in some cases yeah it does tend to more be but it does uh, tend to more be yeah it does um isn't that the name of the new villain in the new Bond film? When I'm Tenter Morby. <laughs> Tenter Morby. <laughs> Tenter Morby. His name's Tenter. Hello, <laughs> uh, Mr. Bond. Yeah. Tenter I, Morby. I just, yeah, I just, it's that same thing as the, not as bad as the last one on the last album. Do you like, um, the... do you like bands like Beach House or Mazzy Star? Do you think, oh, God, Adam? Do you genuinely think I'm going to have heard of either of those two artists? Yes, they're genuinely both famous artists. Right. I mean, hang on. All right, here we go. Hang on. 
Now you're gonna play me a song I've never heard. This is this will be your jam, I think. There's no way you haven't heard this. I think I've heard this. Yeah. This rings a bell. Maybe. This is in the genre known as dream pop, which I think Divine Youth, uh, the Manic song, has has a lot of dream pop in. I think. Anyway, yeah, that's Beach House. Not not the band we're talking about, because we're not here to talk about Beach House. We're talking about... Oh, I really, really enjoyed that, and I'm going to... Oh, I'm it's lovely. Okay, so it's that the album... the vocal, it's the something, it's the sound, it's the... It's the... Oh, I just really wish that... The reverb dreaminess. No, I like reverb dreaminess. I don't like... Tweeness. Something. I just wish... I wish there was a little machine that could just, like, suck my feelings out of my brain and convert yeah. them into more better words you want to know tool? that i know that that tool is normally the human brain but <laughs> i can't do that good so i want a machine to do it for me you want to talk lucas. to sean Moore because he's in charge of the machines and technology he is in charge of the lucas um your opinion on this is what becomes between us yeah between us is what becomes between us between us wouldn't it be what comes? What it becomes? Us? Yeah, yeah. If are we, if you uh, if you were funny, you'd say that. Yeah. Are we done sure. with? Are we done if with Divine Youth? Are we? Are we... <laughs> if you were. Anyway, can we, I just think... put, can we just put on the David Hasselhoff song? I think that there is a lot <laughs> of dream pop on Divine Youth, which is something that could not cannot be said for the next song. So, guys, really quickly. Yeah. No, no. Okay. No, no. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. This, David this, Hasselhoff, though. This is the David song Hasselhoff. I need. I need you to. To, to sell me on a little. Uh, okay. We want us to sell you. Stupid as shit. Yeah, it's so fucking <laughs> yeah. stupid. I I don't like the chorus, which okay. I think is the bit that Steve loves about it. But I love the verses, and they sound like a David Hasselhoff song, right? And David Hasselhoff, right, famously very popular in Germany. I believe. Yeah, 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 that's true. So that tracks. I tell you what, it sounds like 
It sounds like the song called Guardians Inferno, which is like the closing credit song from Guardians oh, of the Galaxy Volume yeah, 2, yeah, yeah. which is a song by David Hasselhoff. Yeah. And I think it sounds like that. And I, it's... Quite possibly. Quite and possibly. I, I imagine there's a genre of music that that is, that Adam will tell us. It's called like... It's like 80s shit. European pop. Dog right? shit, yeah. yeah. And it sounds like that, and it's funny. I think it's funny. The yeah, chorus I mean... is shit. Uh, but it's funny. This is the stupidest thing on the album by it's far. It's so silly. Uh, uh, yeah. Do right, I hate my... it or do I love it? Like the verses. Like you're genuinely not sure. I'm genuinely not sure. The verses yeah. are demented. Yeah. You said there's no rapping on this album, Luke. That's not rapping. And yet it is. That's it's not rapping. It is. It's like 80s, 90s style rapping. Yeah, like, yeah. I was walking down the street and yeah, exactly. heard a little beat. <laughs> my name is adam and i'm here to say i'm gonna rap to the beat in a rapping way you know it's yeah, that exactly. sort of stuff <laughs> this yeah. also sounds like a song that the flight of the concords would do a parody of oh yeah yes, it, does. it does it does yeah, yeah. which yeah. is kind of almost what they're doing this is almost a parody song. oh it's got to be i can't express how much i fucking love this i hate the chorus though so, sex power love and money hold on adam sex Steve, do you just like it because because you're 14 and you like that they shout the word sex? Yeah, because you've made because you've made reference to that a number of times in our group chat in the build up to doing this episode. Do you just find that funny? Like it's just so. What what is what is funny is that it's the final word of the song as well. Oh, don't listen to this. Listen to this. Sex. <laughs> um, please play Guardians Inferno from the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack yeah, yeah, to prove to to you know to cement my thought brain hole. <laughs> Get to the song. No people skills, but he's good with motors. It's the same song. <laughs> it's the same oh song. Oh my god. The two of them walk by, people say, Oh Sex. my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same song. <laughs> that is so spot on, Lucas. I really congratulate you with that. That is. <laughs> Mad. S- sung by our Lord and Saviour. Yeah. Yeah, came oh, came out three years after this album, incidentally. Okay. Yeah. That um, is spot on. Um, so I started off hating this song. Yeah, same. But but it this was the kind of song. This is the song. This is the kind of song. This is the song that actually unlocked the album. Oh really? For me. Yeah. Because I was like, hold on. It. They're having a fucking laugh, silly. aren't they? Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my god, how fun is this album? But then and... that's the thing is, is 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 are the Manics having a laugh? I guess just, they must be. They must be. They ended the word. They ended the song on the word sex. <laughs> I, sex. I am always for a band being a bit silly. Yeah. yeah. And not taking themselves too seriously. Not to name drop any other particular bands that I might like. Sure. But you but, sure you don't want to? Because we don't have to bleep them. I don't think, forget. Don't forget. You will not have a chance to talk about them on this podcast again. Damn, don't worry. Right. The next song. I think them. the. I think. Some people hate that sort of thing, yeah, and want music to be 
very serious serious and artistic and that and very i heartfelt think, and earnest and sometimes you know what fuck off let them yeah. have fun let them have fun with it that's fine and it's fun and yeah. that's and i can enjoy the fun and fun is fun i'm with you man fun I'm is fun fun so is may- fun maybe i do fucking love this what I, uh, what like, one, one thing that i do love it sounds like something off of generation terrorists as well yeah man but the um one thing i do like about it is uh is there's that line just four small words that will not be denied but it's not clear what the four words actually are sex power love and money but immediately after that line nikki says obsession possession confession recession oh so which four words is it that they're talking about no idea confusing confusing and if if there's one uh, thing I'll wrong with this album, it's are. that. Go on, it's, what are they? It's it's do you love us? Uh, Four words that cannot be denied. Three friends that cannot be denied. Good whoa, times. Whoa, 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 we've got many friends. Every but, guest yeah, is ever on this podcast th- is an honorary. Big yeah, but we are the big mates. That's true, and that will not be denied. <laughs> Uh, okay, so next song is another reason I'm really glad that we're not bleeping out the word muse. So this is uh, <laughs> Dreaming a City, Yuzovka. Uh. So I actually, when I first heard that song, I then immediately, not immediately, but I texted you guys being like, guess what song off that album fucks? And yeah. you and Steve immediately went, well, it's Dreaming a City, the one that sounds like Muse. Yep. And that was actually the first time I considered that it sounded like Muse. Which is really? mental. Which is mental, the, I know. The most mental. Muse thing I've heard outside of Muse. <laughs> uh, I've got a song I should, I could share with okay, you, which okay. is the most rip-off you've ever seen. Uh, the, and, but obviously it just... I loved it because yeah, I obviously because yeah. clearly I like that type of music. And yeah. then when you pointed out his muse, I was like, "Oh yeah, no, that that's it. Yeah. <laughs> That'll yeah. probably be it then." <laughs> this is your absolute jam. Um, and apparently, it? Adam, you've shown me this before. Yeah, I have. We were driving in uh, in a car somewhere. Oh, Christ knows. This would have been when the album first came out, so it would have been around 2014. Um, 
and you showed me the new Muse song, which at the time would have been Dead Inside. Wait, uh, did I show you that first? Yeah, and then I said, well, if you want to hear a Muse song, listen to this Manic song. <laughs> <laughs> what was my reaction? Do you remember my reaction? Uh, you were like, oh, God, yeah, that does sound like Muse. <laughs> I can't remember if it was positive or negative. I mean, but yeah. if it wasn't positive, I'm a fool. I was yeah, a fool. I, what, what a demented, uh, what a great song. fun piece of sci-fi yeah. ludicrousness. Oh, my God. God. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, so, do you know what it reminded me most like? Like it, It's like some... Ad- yeah, uh, apart from Muse, it's like some adventure fantasy or like sci-fi yes. 80s or 90s cheesy TV show theme. Yeah. So like you can imagine the intro credits of like um, uh, people like turning to the camera like... Yeah. And, 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 and there's like, like lasers and, starring, and there's like bad yeah, looking lasers going on. And police, they're police, but, but one of the police is an alien. So yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, and the thing is, you are describing the aesthetic of the most recent Muse album. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Exactly, Which literally right? references like <laughs> old cassettes and like the sort of old TV show vibe and yeah. cops yeah. and but all that. Might... St- you've just described that whole vibe. It, it might not even be sci-fi, but like adventure with like um, swords and magic and stuff. So like, do you remember the game show Nightmare? Yeah. yeah. With a K. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam, with, go with on to the... Spotify. Okay. Now, are you now? Now, search for not, night, nightmare with a K. Not to question I, you, Steve. Go on, because I've made this mistake many times in the past. Are you sure you're thinking of Nightmare? I am, and not because... the Amazing Games. No, yeah, I know. I know what you're thinking. You're, you're thinking, thinking of, of the, the chef... night that says move. The yeah, night that I'm goes not... move. I'm not which thinking used of that. to scare that, the ever living not... fuck. Is out that of not me. nightmare? That's not no. nightmare. No, which is what you think because of the name with the K. Yeah, it's not night. That was that was called the Amazing Games. That was called yeah. The Amazing Games. And yeah, that's oh. the one that had the big like chess board. And then move. the the knight yeah. would go, move. And yeah. I would shit my pants. Yeah. Because Every he time. was really scary. I mean, he looked, he was like a Darth Vader knight. Who? Yeah. The, the, spa- the space balls. Ah. You know the yeah. guy, Rick Moranis in space balls. <laughs> oh, Rick no. Moranis in space balls, yes. Um, right. Nightmare with a K. And it's by something like Coded Channel. Or okay, got it. Online. You got it? Are oh, you playing the theme tune? Yeah, we are, man. Wait for oh, it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's too many what horrible snare sound. <laughs> it's the specific. Here we go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So many drum fills. I tell you what, it's too many. It's too yeah, many. and they're all and they're all played on a cheap little Casio <laughs> drum machine. <laughs> I tell you what, we didn't necessarily grow up in the most like culturally exciting time or the most you know significant decade. But I yeah. tell you what, the nineties are fucking ripe for like just like aesthetic, TV. like like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a vibe, a real vibe that you can glam onto. Yeah. You're talking about and then regurgitate twenty years later. And then regurgitate yeah. 20 years. You're thinking about my entire mind. <laughs> no, I'm more talking about like the whole synth wave, vapor wave, yeah. you know, Simpsons wave, yeah. all the waves. Vapor wave has been around next... so long as well. Like it's uh, originated in like 2010 or something like that. Didn't um, it originate on like a cassette that was like some dude made and like I honestly don't know. left lying around or honestly something stupid? Know. You, Have you guys... seen Simpsons wave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> um, you guys know what uh, Yuzovka is, where it is? 
No? Yeah, it's um. Sorry, I'm just. Uh, it's. No, go I'm, on sorry, no, I'm, okay, I'm just right, trying to get my brain so, to like. So it's a city song... founded by Welsh migrants. It That's... is. It is. <laughs> Yuzovka is the original name of the city uh, of Donetsk in Ukraine, and it was founded by a Welsh community led by John Hughes in 1870, who set up an ironworks and coal mines there, and it's still Ukraine's largest industrial city. Uh, I think it was actually Russia at the time, not Ukraine, which is mad. I had no idea about that. I had no idea that one of um. You know that the, the largest industrial cities in in Russia was founded by a Welsh community. Um, interesting. That's so really interesting, actually. Jesus Christ! It's, <laughs> I, I love that the Manics can educate me in an instrumental. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that's all just from the title. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. It's also the first of two instrumentals on the album, which again brings to mind. I know I keep bringing it up. Low by David Bowie. You have mentioned that which so many times. Had a lot of instrumentals on. Um. um Goes without saying, that's my favorite song on the album. Yeah, of course, that's my favorite song on the but album. I, but I really want to make clear that that's not because it sounds like Muse, because I actually didn't consider it when I first heard it. But that right. is just shows that I clearly like a certain vibe. Yeah, you like a type of music, and that type of music is Muse. Yeah, but like, <laughs> but like, I... but I also like. I know some people think it's it's overdone and it's trite and it's like played out. But like, I'm a sucker for synth wave and vapor wave and that whole thing as well. Like, yeah, but again, like you know, when we talked about um, on postcards from a young man, they're sort of like them taking aim at like screens and technology and stuff. In 2014, vaporwave wasn't as played out then as it is now. No. You know, th- this is still six years ago. Um, yeah, I really love that song. Mad. Um, I, didn't, I did not know the Manics had that sound in them. Yeah. Can I just shock you? Yeah. This is my favourite Manic song so far. Ever? Yeah. More than a design for life. I absolutely love this song. Steve. That's incredible. Steve. Yeah. He's going to say same. No, I'm not going to say same. I'm not going to say same. It's no Miss Europa Disco Dancer. But, are you sure? But you are... That is, you're on the gradual recovery from, the nonsense, <laughs> from, from some of the nonsense you've come up with in the second half of that. And career. just to add a little bit of Steve Pepper on top of it, the sure. nostalgia I feel from this song hurts. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. physically because because for you, you think of a, a '90s TV kids TV show intro. Yeah, I wanted to yeah, be in Nightmare with the helmet on. Whereas through, I th- like, whereas, talking to walks. Whereas I think of like Tron. I think of a dystopian future. Like yeah, like a dystopian Tron, like yeah. cyberpunk or something. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. Oh, I, I hear that as well. All, so... all again, very played out in 2020. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. just life. Um, uh, usually at this point in a Manix album is where you, you get into the second half and it starts to dip in, in quality or dip in bangers. I've got to say, uh, I find this album remarkably consistent. Yeah. Um, can I shock you? You no. think it's front loaded? No, no, no. You hate my, you hate the shuffle thing. Yeah, I've not listened to this album in order once. Fair enough. That's <laughs> well, no, not fair enough. That's mental. My, my, my whole thing I started doing with the last few albums we've done is because I'm worrying I'm not giving the end of the albums a fair shake because I'm front loading my listens. Yeah. I've, yeah, been that's sh- I've been listening to them on shuffle more. With this one, I kind of forgot to ever not do that. <laughs> so and this is your I've... first time hearing it in and order. All I've done is listen to it. I think, I think maybe the first time I listened. Yeah, to it was probably I, yeah, in I know. Order. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but then yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure like every subsequent listen was on shuffle. <laughs> God, we're gonna get tweets about. That. But also, I would right. say this album is fairly like because it's not front loaded and it's kind of up and down. I kind of then who cares? Right, well, fair enough. <laughs> my my point is is if you really think about it, who cares? And, yeah. and actually, do you know what, Lucas? You're right. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, just, it's just a music podcast. Who cares? Um, <laughs> yeah, not just. 
it's so the, much more. It's, it's the, one the day someone's going to do. A, one day someone's going to write an album about our music podcast, and we'll have to cover it. Mad. And we're going to cover it. Um, so the next song is called Black Square. feels quite lifebloody as well yeah. yeah that feels more classic yeah, manix that feels more yeah, sort of s- safer it yeah, it's not as it's not as mental as a lot of the other stuff on the album I especially coming off of what we've just heard i completely disagree but we will what? It's well we'll like we'll get to that in a second like i love the synth sound that's on it the like particularly that melody um, then there's that mad little tempo change and right, breakdown this is the in thing. the middle of it. So like Lucas, two in, yeah. Lucas was saying like, oh, it's not as mad as anything else we've heard. Lest we forget, there's a different song just edited into the middle of this song. Listen and to this. Uh, I'd completely forgotten about this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, there's this whole like separate middle eight bit that sounds like it's from a different song. I'll have cut it out of the podcast, but this song has quite a long ambient intro, right? Um, and you can hear this in the background of the ambient intro that is underneath oh, Nina Hoss reciting her section from Europa Get Dirt Mix. Yeah, so that's... Yeah, and it just goes straight back into it. That I love, is still I love that just recruit. as mad, Lucas. Like, that's not as yeah, safe. Yeah, that's a bit mental. Okay, I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten about that bit of the song. <laughs> but the rest of it is a bit more your standard... Yeah, your yeah, kind of yeah. melancholy, euphoric, manix sound. But I think it does have enough of, like... It shares enough DNA with the rest of the songs on Futurology that there's something a bit odd about it. I just really love that synth Again, sound. that... that, that melodica whatever that sound in the background yeah whatever it is yeah again makes me think of airborne toxic event interesting i need to listen to this band i think they just have i think there's just like a sound they use on songs like a little synthy something that they use and it just evokes for me i don't think it actually sounds like them like the song style i don't think sounds like them i think it's just that sound makes me think of a sound that they are one to use i I, um... I also i like i like the lyrics on this song um because it reminds me of know your enemy um, no, your enemy had lots of references to art and artists, and they're all over this album as well. But very like specifically on this song. So, the, have you guys heard of the paintings Black Square? 
So is it is it just a black square? It is, yeah. But it's a series of paintings by Fuck. Russian artist uh, Kazimir Malevich. Um, it's obviously abstract, and he painted black squares between 1915 and the early 1930s. Um, now, what, what what do you think about sort of like that as 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 a piece of art? A square canvas completely painted black. Couldn't give a shit. I struggle to connect with sort of art like that. Yeah, I went to the MoMA. I went to the MoMA in New York, um, and got nothing out of the experience. I don't discredit <laughs> it. I don't think it's shite or anything like that. But it yeah. personally does nothing for me because yeah, like, like uh, whatever. People can like it as much as it doesn't. Work. Yeah, I don't really yeah. give a shit. But so I, I, it does nothing for me. I think that. With, it's genius. with the with the information that I just gave you, it's nothing. But we talk a lot on this podcast about whether or not context is important. So those paintings, when they were created by uh, Malevich, uh, it was in direct contradiction of the kind of art that Stalin would allow, and was therefore not displayed when it was created. And he was banned from creating anything similar, but did so anyway as a form of protest. Wait, so what kind of art did Stalin? Anything that Dislike. was abstract. Right, so it wasn't specifically... Black squares. Black squares. No. It, was it was anything just abstract. He, so he had... wanted he wanted an oil painting exactly. of a swan with a exactly. windmill in the background. So as, as protest, he continued to paint them, which is cool as fuck and completely yeah. changes my view of the painting. That's very punk. But again, yeah. that in, in, in a similar Holy Bible type way to me, I'm like, yeah, that's a cool... The story is much more interesting than than seeing a black canvas. Oh no, but then, but then that, that's what I art... would go along. And if I was to see that, I can totally. Appreciate I can see that. it though. I can just. I can. I know what that looks like. Like I don't feel like I need to see that. Adam's told me <laughs> the story, and I as an as an interesting little story. I don't feel the need to go into a museum and see the physical outcome, which is a black canvas. No, <laughs> no see, I'd like to I get it. <laughs> Like you, mind, you know, there is something about being in the same room as something like. I was like going to say, that. Lucas, you know what the Mona Lisa looks like, but would you pass up an opportunity? I've, I, I, I've, I went to Paris last year. I was stood outside the Louvre. I had no desire to go in, and I didn't. Fine. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, fine. well, that shits all over my thing. Then, uh, but <laughs> bear in mind, I am the sort of person with art, with fine art, let's say, or your, cla- you know, art. Fine art, or that fart. I, that I fart. don't. Please call it fart. Most of the yeah. time, get nothing from it, and the stuff that I mm. would be impressed by is stuff where I'm on a technical level, like holy fucking shit! Right? Yeah. How does someone draw with just a chalk bit chalk and make it look so realistically like, like a photo eye? real? Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, like well, people who can do really impre- like technically very impressive, and I'm like, fuck, that's really good. That's really impressive. It, I can't do it, that. I'm quite even come close to doing that. <laughs> this won't shock you at all. I went to the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam, and I welled up at a painting. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been to the Louvre. Um, and uh, do you know what? I've never thought about the Mona Lisa in my life. I obviously know what it is and I know what it looks like. And I've seen it hundreds of times, um, you know, recreated or on posters or on the Internet. And when I was in the room with it, I cried. There was mm. something about the power of being in the room with that that genuinely do you think that's just, do you think that's just brought a little tear like, to my eye. Because it's so famous though because yeah, it's so I, that wouldn't make me cry it, it you know it, it elicited an, a very emotional reaction from me i imagine it's reason. how um i imagine it's how mr bean felt with whistler's mother yeah that's true <laughs> yeah that's probably true. similar is that a real painting or is that like a fictionalized painting they made up for the film that's a good question 
I genuinely don't know. I genuinely don't know. Great um, question. At us. The uh... also the subject of some great memes when that woman ruined the painting. Yeah. Great. Of, the, yeah. of Jesus. The Jesus. Obviously, yeah, yeah. loads of pictures of people who'd photoshopped on the face that Mr. <laughs> yeah. Bean did. With a big nose. <laughs> I, I think walking into a room knowing the story of those paintings that were painted in protest and seeing them hung on the wall, just a black square representing something larger than itself, I think I would find that very moving. Um, and, I, and, and that's the same thing that happens to songs, isn't it? Like knowing that certain songs are about yep. Richie who disappeared lends a lot more emotional weight to something that is... Well, you know, a sci-fi uh, TV theme sort of thing. And, that, and as we've seen with me, with with songs like that, they don't elicit that sort of reaction. Yeah, you don't have that reaction, which I find very interesting. Yeah. I find very. I interesting. I only react to songs on a on a more on a if something per- personally would yeah. touch me, then I would react. But yeah, the story can be very interesting and moving objectively and. We've talked about, I mean, we did this. I'm pretty sure we talked about this in the Holy Bible episode. That clearly I've just got like a, a, another a step, another layer of removal in terms of like the empathy of the story. And, yeah. and artistic appreciation doesn't necessarily factor into your enjoyment of something as well, right? Yeah, like the story, that was, was the whole thing we did with the Holy Bible. The story, it, like reading his journal would be more interesting to me than, than, than how much I enjoyed the actual listening to that album. Same sort yeah. of thing. It's that's yeah. a cool story. That's really cool. Yeah, that's kind of punk. Like, yeah, fuck you, that sort of thing. But like, I don't care to go and see that myself. That's fair enough. That's absolutely. Well, I mean, I could print it. I'll print it. I'll just just print like, it and put I'll it on the wall. It. Yeah, and go and go. I've got. A, it's a replica. <laughs> that will cost a lot of ink. <laughs> I'll do it at work. Okay. <laughs> something, something that I do like about this song is is that it does exactly what we just did, where it kind of presents you with. That it, the idea that it's about something. So it, at the beginning, it appears to just be about art. Like, let us overcome our endless progress. Art is never modern, for art is eternal. Um, but then the second verse sort of then reveals the context behind it and changes it a little bit. Because the second verse with like lines like, dig our own graves and choose our own wars, reveals it to be about how communism can sort of pervade most aspects of life, you know, when used as stalin did even art and i think that's a very clever song actually that's a very sort of um a clever structure for that song to reveal itself as it as it gets deeper and then it has that fucking mental bit in the middle <laughs> so cool it's really cool it's a good song uh the next I think song... that's the most i nothing a song on the album thus far cool song, but i'm song, guessing you still pretty much kind of like it you know, to some well, and no, but I don't. I don't dislike it. But yeah, I also, yeah, yeah. it's nothing. Yeah. It's a nothingy song. It's like what was the album that that got to get? Those I didn't dislike. I didn't like. I didn't dislike anything on it. But I there were some songs I'd nothing, and then I think, songs I, think I liked. It, I think it was all of them. Might have been all. No, because no, uh, there's definitely some albums that I have some songs that I dislike. <laughs> oh, I think it's probably Lifeblood. Like, right? There was nothing on Lifeblood that I didn't like. Right, yeah, but even though a couple, much... even though there's like one, to, I think there might be like one towards the end that I was fairly like shrug. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, obviously the um, first five or six tracks among the best things the Manics have ever done. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, the next song, "Between the Clock and the Bed," we were talking earlier about like weird drum uh, effects that they use. This is a, a prime example. Is this the one that doesn't sound like a Manic Street Preacher song? Quite possibly. There's a couple of them on this album. Yeah. Yes, it is this one. (laughs) 
So obviously that's not uh, James's voice for a lot of that. <laughs> that is uh, that is Green Gartside from the band Scritty Politi. Now you must have heard that name. Nope. Nope. Unbelievable. So they are a post-punk band, uh, sort of rising to prominence in the '80s, having formed in the '70s in I oh it's somewhere north. I think it's Leeds. Um, that th- they're still going. Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Uh, they're still still going and uh green is the only remaining member so it's kind of like a solo project or the fall i guess um anyway yeah i mean scritty politi were an influence on this album made sense to have green gartside come down to it i think they supported the manics on the march 2014 tour um so yeah they were very good i like scritty politi um cool song Another one where you could stick it on a compilation, say it's a different band, and you wouldn't know because obviously it's largely yeah. sung by someone else. The style is fairly. It's non manixy. Inoffensive. Like, it sounds yeah. like Lifeblood. It's another one that sounds like Lifeblood to me. I like his voice. He's got a lovely voice. Yeah, yeah. Green Guy's It was a bit of an off put. His voice was a bit of an off put when I first heard that. Happiness. Like that whole, that, whole, <laughs> that whole vibe he's got kind of going on there. But um, I kind of warmed to it, and especially, oh man, like. When they're harmonising unsure- together. Oh, don't. I mean, yeah. the end I, of this song. I'm very surprised how little this has come up on the pod. But if someone, <laughs> if there's anyone in the world who fucking loves a harmony, it's Steve. Steve oh. fucking Murphy. I mean, Steve, Fuck. anytime you're in a fucking club with you and this, and everyone's singing along, you're the one guy who has to harmonise it. <laughs> you're doing Stop the it. harmony. You'll find a you'll you'll make a stranger. You'll look a stranger in the eye, make a silent yeah. friendship with them, and then harmonise yeah, yeah. with them. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a friendship. It's very one-sided. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but the vocal melody at the end is yeah. just is wonderful. But yeah, of course those harmonies and it's just, the acapella is just chef kiss. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't necessarily oh, describe love... it as acapella, just because it's a harmony. at the very end. There is there is, there is an acapella bit. Yeah, uh, I've yeah, forgotten a bit, it, haven't it, I? The music yeah. drops you out, want, and it's just. Do you want to hear it? Oh, <laughs> Yes. Oh. Very cool. Um, Absolutely it, saves that song, makes it fucking great. I I love I love the drums. I love that like. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah. I, I, yeah, and I love that they have like two layers of rhythm. So there's the beat that the drums are doing, and then there's that phasing effect that makes it go. So cool. I like that. There's like yeah, it's like it's just a very odd uh, effect. Let me play it again, actually, because it's great. It's like delay. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Very rhythmic. Um, lyrically, kind of similar to the last one. Again, this is like inspired by a very specific painting um, that was painted oh, cool. between okay. 1940 and 1943. It's called 
self-portrait between the clock and the bed by uh edward munch 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 monk 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 he did the scream the guy that did the scream yeah yeah, yeah. um the the, cool. the the painting depicts a sad aging man stood I'm in front of a brightly lit happy looking room but he is standing between the clock and the bed which sounds is, like my jam i'm gonna look it up it's a reference to time passing until he lays down for the final time so it's about coming to terms with aging and death and the song seems to mainly sort of uh springboard off of that um you know nicky in, in the lyrics here talks about being unable to forgive himself but then mentions that he's still building the bypass in his head which i think is a reference to the glastonbury thing when he said we should build some more fucking bypasses over this shithole oh yeah so like he still feels that rage but it's softened over time you know being between the clock and the bed he feels as though his time is running out and the idea no, that very if they if they meant that painting, sentiment, isn't it? if they truly meant that sentiment they wouldn't play glastonbury they just like making people angry they don't actually agree with that sentiment also you've got to remember like remember what we talked about on that episode um Richie, I don't remember what episode that was. Gold against the soul. So Richie was quite unwell, and Philip had just passed away. They were in quite like a dark place. Mm. Um, I like that song a lot. Uh, I really like that painting, man. I've just looked it up, but it's really haunting. It is really so, haunting, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just some really interesting rhythmic stuff going on there that I like. Quite I don't a think lot. the arrhythmics guested on this one. Mm, good one. Yeah. Driving beat and the, the dark bass sound, yeah, it bass sound sounds cool. really cool. Uh, featuring the uh, Jesus Christ, okay, so features Berliner Nippenquar, Nippen Nippenquar, Nippenquar. Really sorry. Uh, they do some choral stuff on here, which I assumed was a sample, but isn't. It's actually a choir. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, really cool. Seems to be about sort of self-loathing. Um, I don't know what that feels like. 
no idea. No, yeah, no idea. <laughs> I'm a self. Uh, I am a self-obsessed, self-centered, and bruised. There's German on here. Uh, Sturm and yeah. Drang, which means uh, storm and drive. Schadenfreude. Yeah, storm and stress is is, is um, another translation of it. Schadenfreude, which is pleasure at others' misfortune. Pleasure um, derived by someone. F- another person's misfortune yeah yeah good word we don't have that word it's good word and also we're all guilty of it oh yeah um wasn't sturm und drang like a literary movement as well like from what i read up a bit about sturm und drang maybe literary, i literary I movement only looked up the translation you may well be mm. right yeah um i really like this i love i love the long intro i like the yeah. keyboard sound in the long intro i love the drum fills sort of sporadic and then when the drums come in properly and give it that proper driving sort of beat and i think the structure is really cool like this has got the long intro the chorus is in half time um and then it's got like this like acoustic section towards the end of the song It's just it's all over this album. There's a real sense of unpredictability. There's like a little rockabilly solo in it, like yeah. as well in this song. Yeah, yeah, with Where? hand with hand claps. Yeah. <laughs> this album's mental, man. It's honestly. mad. Yeah, like the, the, their ability to sort of switch stuff up, even like mid-song, is is really cool. How how do you how do you feel about this one, Lucas? We've reached that point now because I was listening to this album largely on shuffle. I didn't really notice that this was the case, but we've hit that tail end of the album lull that I always seem to get, which is that oh, Black God, Square. Honest, I like, completely disagree with that. Well, it's a good thing it's an opinion and not a fact. Uh, <laughs> Black Square, I was ambivalent. Between the Clock and the Bed, I liked it, but it wasn't like a banger i just quite liked his nice singy voice and this one again pretty shrugging on this one i like the (laughs) and that's about it really i just i love the unpredictability of it like um i think the arrangement is very very cool um yeah also the way he says void is very lovely kind of says void yeah, yeah. His also, his little accent. His accent is lovely. I mean, I love it. I mean, where can you go from dreaming a city but down? Is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I actually think it's more or less sustained. Like I said, I think this is a very consistent album. Um, but yeah, Soz, it's one of those, one of those, you know, tail end of the album. Maybe the album is front loaded. Hmm. Well, by front loaded, I mean up to track eight. So it's not exactly that's front. Pretty, that's very yeah. front. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah. It's, first two thirds i guess um the next one i believe there was a lot of discussion about whether or not it would um it would go on rewind the film instead of futurology um so i I think you can see like a lot of stuff that shares with rewind the film it's called the view from stowe hill
Difficult to know where to come out of that one. Actually, it's got quite mm. a, an interesting um, structure in that there's only one verse uh, and one bridge and then two choruses. Uh, I think that's very pretty. It's a very pretty song. Yeah, you can it's definitely hear it's close to rewind the film. Anyway. Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds like yeah. it should be on rewind the film until. <laughs> <laughs> and sort of. Yeah, kick, what yeah. is that instrument? Guitar, I, think it's, I think it's his guitar. Yeah, cool. I I think the solo is distorted whistling. Yeah. Okay. I've written weird solo down, so that's interesting. Cool. This is the first song that feels like sad and defeated in the same way that Rewind mm. the Film does, and yeah. where Rewind the Film ends on that triumphant thirty-year war, what is to be done sort of note. This is kind of the last song on this album. It's not the last track, but it's the last proper song. The last song on this triumphant and defiant album is sad and defeated, and I quite like that. I mean, if you in, unless you ignore the next song. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not the last track, but it's it's the last sort of proper song that has lyrics to impart a message, you know. Um, yeah. And it's about the Welsh Chartist uh, movement. Uh, and the Newport Uprising, which Stowhill was near. Chartism was a working-class male suffrage movement in Britain between 1838 and 1857. The People's Charter consisted of uh, six points to make politics more democratic, and the Welsh Chartist movement culminated in three communities uh, walking the valleys from above Newport and converging there, using Stowhill to do so. And that assembly, it was met with violence, hence the reference to uh, bullet holes, which you can still see in the walls of a building in Newport. Uh, there is a great documentary in which a friend of the podcast, Michael Sheen, does that walk. <laughs> he walks from, uh, he, he takes the walk that the Chartists would have done and meets people along the way. And one of those people is James Dean Bradfield. Um, 
and they have a great chat about the Welsh Chartist movement and how this song was influenced by it. Um, there's a clip of James Dean Bradfield then playing it acoustically for Michael Sheen, which is very good. Um, and then I think what the song is doing in its chorus is drawing a comparison with this kind of large, um, full-force political action with today's political movements using things like social media. You know, the mm. misguided tweets and the sad Facebooking and the cheapness that surrounds me. Really like that song. I think it sums up a lot of the, the dual project narrative as well. That stuff that you just said about tweets and Facebook, is that actually in the lyrics? Yeah. yeah. Misguided tweets I remember I haven't read Facebook the lyrics. In. That's... Oh, it really uh, you, stuck you, out. you mentioned a while ago about, like, it's weird in the future songs when they literally, like, sing about <laughs> Twitter. Yeah. Because yeah, in my you. mind, they're still a band from the 90s. <laughs> I told you they initially literally mentioned I, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I mean, initially when I heard the, the words tweets and Facebooking, I was like, oh. It feels weird, right? I was yeah. just like, yeah. Especially because they're, like, like, oh, they're like 45 at this point. As yeah, well. they're trying to be cool. God, dad's on what, one about what? Facebook again. But if you were trying to be cool, you wouldn't say tweets and Facebooking, though. You'd say yeah. like... Well, you would in 2014. TikToking. You face. Okay, um, in, t- in 2014, if you're trying to be cool, you'd mention Vine. So when I looked Ooh. up the um, the lyrics for this, if you Google it, it doesn't have the lines about tweet, uh, Twitter and Facebook on Google, but I just assume that's a licensee thing. But um, No, that can't be a licensee. No. What, what like, license some words. Honestly, like, it just doesn't have it in there. It's just completely cut out. So you know when Google has lyrics? You yeah, yeah. Type the thing. yeah, it literally doesn't have that line. Weird. Where what is it, it in the song? It just has so look thought... up to the skies, avoid the casual yeah. litter, running yeah, from yeah. the pitiful nihilism. And then it just cuts off. Yeah. Yeah, and then it says cheapness surrounds me, but I'm not looking. Oh, that's, that's weird. weird. Yeah. Do you think that's like a. <laughs> like they don't want to be advocating for like negative things about the internet because they are the internet. That's really weird. That is very that's odd. Just cut it, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, uh, good song. Really, really like that song. Um, but it could have been it. It could have been like a boring part of the album, and it comes down again. And but but the song is so interesting in its structure and everything that it's not. It's not my favorite song on the album by any means because we right. know which one my favorite song is. Um, <laughs> let's go to war. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, let's yeah war. sure. Yeah, yeah. divine youth or you know whatever. <laughs> so uh, that's not the last track on the album, although it, it does kind of feel like it to me. Um, the the last track is Mayakovsky. as well cool riffs yeah. cool riffs it's yeah, all over cool the place song. as well yeah mental yeah. batshit 
Yeah, yeah, lots of like different parts and stuff going on. It opens with a reference to the Beatles as well. Um, Who? When he shouts, I've got blisters on my fingers. Um, Who? That is what Ringo shouts at the end of Helter Skelter. The, guy, the one from... Who? Thomas Tank Engine. Sorry, what did I just say? I don't know. I blacked out. About... I blacked out for like 10 seconds. You were talking about Beatles. Was I? Maybe that was something that the uh, that Mayakovsky painted because this 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 uh, song is uh, named after Vladimir Mayakovsky, who was a Russian and Soviet poet, playwright, artist, and actor. He was a part of the Russian Futurist movement. There you go. Uh, there it fu- is. Futurism is the early twentieth century art Mayakovsky. and social movement, which originated in Italy but gained a, a popular foundation in Russia as well. I really like that. There's loads of riffs. Those are cool. Loads of riffs. I love all the riffs. Cool riffs. I like the bit where there's some riffs. I like the bit where the riffs go palm muted. I like the bit where the riffs stop being palm muted. I like the bit where there's that other riff. And I like the bit where there's the other riff. (laughs) Yeah. So I like the bit where he goes, I got blisters on my fingers. (laughs) So a strong (laughs) ending for you on that one, Lucas. Yeah, no, I mean, they don't do it often, but You're they've not actually always ended fussed, yeah. on it. They've out- yeah. I mean, you say that like that's like a, like that's like a, a choice. Like, I'm generally, I don't really go for end of album tracks. But <laughs> yeah, just, just by manics tend to often end on a song that I don't rate. Yeah. But that one, yeah, good strong ending. Like, it, it's, I mean, it's no Dreaming a City in terms of instrumental you know, right in terms of madness, but I think but it it's ends the album on a nice note. It's cool. It's not instrumental, right? So yes, yes. We can yes, take that yes, right yes, back. Yes, yes, yes. This is yes. um. This is not going to mean a lot to anyone but me and Adam, or about three people that might have watched us. But this really reminds me of the band that me and you and Adam. And this sounds a lot like the song we had something about, like versus the flying bear. Or oh up. yeah, we had a couple of instrumental songs yeah, that yeah, we yeah. used to end a set on or start a set. That means nothing to anyone, so you can cut that out. Yeah, good song. No, I can probably Um, put up a link to that song because we did re-release it. Um, So that brings us us to the end of the album. Uh, Good album. How do you guys feel about the album? It's good. It's great. Thanks, Lucas. It's good. (laughs) Steve, how do you feel about the album, Futurology? It's mental. Yeah, it's mad, it's isn't it? Weird, it is it's weird. It's stupid. It's really fun. It's very tongue in cheek. It's Eurovision. I've, it's it, synth it, extravaganza. It feels <laughs> um, less Eurovision on the second half. I know it's not Eurovision, but you know what I mean. But the it's first Eurovision. half feels very Eurovision. At, at no point did I ever tire of listening to it, which I have on repeat plays of other, other albums that I liked. I was yeah. like, okay, because I listened to it a lot. I just found myself just kept coming back to this. Just. Just listening to it, not because I had to listen to it because of the podcast, but like, oh, I really want to fucking hear Dreaming City. That's again. that's Steve. me with Lifeblood. I've yeah. listened to Lifeblood. <laughs> like, obviously, we've normally got homework of the next album to listen to. Yeah. But the only album I have consistently gone back to because I just fancy listening to it yeah. has been Lifeblood. Steve and I were just saying while um, one of the songs was playing um, uh, that um, we should be listening to Resistance is Futile right now. But yeah. we're still listening to Futurology. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm just constantly have Futurology on. Um, it's good. It's an app. It, it, I'm I'm actually glad I listened to it on Shuffle because uh, it's front loaded for me. App. Fair enough. Yeah, as you... per, it turns out it's front loaded. Basically, nothing after Dreaming a City is as good as anything 
prior to Dreaming a City, and obviously nothing is as good as Dreaming a City because it's the best song on the album. Well, I agree with that, but I also think the album's very well structured, and I think it's got yeah. a really good flow to it. And yeah, I, I actually it's think it's, it's very, very, very consistent. Absolute joy. Yeah, I mean, weird. Uh, <clears throat> it's weird, isn't it? I just want to know. Weird now, album. We've only got one more to go, which is mental, and yeah. like. Uh, for some reason in my head, I've just got in my head that this next one's going to be very by the numbers, Mannix. But will it be? Fucking you, fuck well, you what knows. makes you? Uh, what makes you think that that it's going to be by the numbers? I have absolutely no idea. I have a feeling in my gut, and I think maybe, maybe at some point you said that you don't rate the new album. Is I feel it... like I've just absorbed that into my. It could also brain be the pattern. Again. Rewind the film and Futurology are very much for the Mannix, so they're due doing one for the audience. Yeah. You know, yes, maybe that, but also the the cycle's been broken for me a bit, so I'm a bit lost now because normally I'm on the <laughs> the one for the audience, but I really like this. Well, I like this one, and I'm okay with the rewind the film. So the 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 trend's been bucked. Right. Bit. Okay. Yeah, but Life Lifeblood wasn't for the audience, and you loved it. Was That's not, what yeah, he's like, saying. Yeah. So the trend's been bucked. Basically, yeah. when you say I'm the one for you, one for me, really, all that really means is I don't like the Holy Bible and, and Plague Lovers. Yeah. yeah. Or know your really. enemy. Uh, or know your enemy. Yeah, good point. One nil. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> this one, though, it's good. It's the best. It's better of the two of the double. The, yeah, the, I agree with that. The, oh, the yeah, twin yeah. project, I would say. Yes. Uh, it's much more my speed. Uh, I would gladly let them go do that again. Yeah, yeah. I'd really like them to make another record like this. Like, right, that means the next one isn't. Yeah, like that's that's spoilers for the next album. But it's not like this. This it's is not. It's not kraut rock. It's not. That no. Surprise me. I'd I'd love them to do this again. Yeah. So uh, what, what? What? Give us your scores then, because we don't usually start with you. But let's. Uh... Well, first of all, favorite songs. Oh, okay. okay. Dreaming, dreaming a city. Yeah. Correct, yeah. Obviously. And <laughs> no, it's not. I was going to say "Sex, Power, Love, and Money," but I hate the but I hate the chorus. I just find the <laughs> verses so funny. Uh, maybe like "Europa Gedorschmiersch." Yeah, good shout. Maybe uh, and score. What have I given things previously? <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, no, so no, do you... this is how I. All right, no, it's fine. It's not a seven because it's not in the lifeblood. Everything must go category. Right. What's in the six category? This is my truth. That's that it, it. I think. Yeah. Is that it for the seven? For the six? For the six, yeah. It might slot in there, you know. Ooh, very strong six. Mm, nice. It might slot in the six. Well, you like it more than um than rewind the film, and you gave rewind the film a five. Yeah, so yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, again, I'm again, I'm getting hung up on the fact that like, oh, but poor those songs that I love off the albums yeah, yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah, rate yeah, as high. Yeah, yeah, yeah goes yeah. without saying that the Manic Street Preachers' greatest hits, as put together by Lucas Way, is a nine out of ten. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, uh, uh, well, as Lucas did his favourites first. Oh, he didn't do least favourites, Lucas. Oh, least favourites. Um... <laughs> Like the view from Stow Hill, and between the clock and the no, 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 not that one. Black Square, maybe, or Divine Youth, maybe. I don't know. Okay, okay. 
The View from Stowe Hill and Divine Youth. Cool. Uh, Favourites Europa, <laughs> and Dreaming a City. Yeah. Snap. Least, yeah. And then least favourites, so I'm going to say Black Square and View from Stowe Hill. And when I say the least favourites, they're, they're still oh, boo. fucking great. <laughs> um, 10 out of 10. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, I enough, enough absolutely respect. fucking love Futurology. This is your favourite Manix album so far? Correct. Wow, yeah. I was so surprised and blown away and excited by this album that I just kept putting it on. I was so addicted to it. Enough I just... respect. Uh, is, that, is that the first 10? No, it's not the first 10 Adam's given a couple of 10s. It's, the, it's first, the first yeah. Steve's 10. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We approached with, with the nines, but yeah, we've had we've got 10. ten. Um so for me, uh it's an album that's like I really liked when it came out, and that's part of the reason why I went off the band, uh, which we'll get on to in a second. Um Wait, I really you liked like it. it when it came out. Yeah. And it's why you went off the band. Yeah, that's right. Um That's the normal way that things would go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my favourite tracks are it's just grown and grown and grown on me over time so my favourite tracks are Europa Get Der Schmisch and Black Square um, uh, sorry the... you but 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 for Dreaming a City though <laughs> what about it well, that's obviously your favourite one. It's like my third favourite. No, that's so. obviously your yeah. favourite one. Though, it? It's obviously your favourite one. <laughs> my least favourites, like, but... uh, I'm not going to put anything in least favourites. No, I feel like you have oh, no, I feel like we put, have you... on every single album yeah, done least favourites. Least... You cannot you cop least... out. You you did these favourites for Holy Bible. You I was can about do it to for say this. that. Yeah. Uh, Mayakovsky um, and Divine Youth. There you go. Those are, those are probably my least favourites. Um, but the riffs, Adam. I know. There's a lot of riffs. I love Mayakovsky. <laughs> I love Mayakovsky. Mayakovsky. Down the, down the bottom of, uh, of of the list for me. Um, I love this album very, very much. I think it's very brave uh, at, their, at the stage of their career where they could just be fucking churning out, uh, you know, postcards from a young man for, for, yeah. for the rest of their career. Um, but to go away and do something this insane... And to still have the power to surprise and uh, innovate and experiment. It's very cool. It's a 10 out of 10 uh, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like so incredible. I mean, yeah. Steve, you and I are also sort of met like by the reviews for this album. Um, a lot of five star reviews for really? this album. Yeah, incredibly positive reviews. Some of the best of their career, along with wow. General for Plague Lovers. Um, oh my god, I'm right. It reaches number two in the charts, which Does is the it? the highest since Send Away the Tigers. Which is surprising because I don't feel like there's an obvious like single bait. No, probably you know, not. Like 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 how Your Love Alone is Not Enough was like the single bait. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, I don't remember anything about this well like what year was it 2014 yeah yeah yeah. Oh, I that's got really that recent that's really recent yeah well yeah. send away the tigers was very much like they were played on um like xfm and a bit of radio Q one and stuff right yeah. Yeah. um and then they sort of slip into 
being so uh, general for plague lovers stuff was premiered on radio one but there were no singles and then postcards from a young man and rewind the film is all radio two okay they are now a radio two band and then this sees them they're not back on radio one but they are this is like heavily played on radio six music six music yeah and the people that that listen to six music are the people that still buy records um so yeah so this made number two and and they play uk and european festivals around the release um on september the 22nd they released futurology as a single and it does not chart um except in no doesn't chart something uh, that was what we to the bridge something very uh, obvious is missing there they don't tour this album uh in fact in interviews they talk about um how the holy bible was a big influence on this album and vice versa in like a couple of ways one is that the holy bible um uh, like the album this album is like the holy bible in the fact that they wanted to trade in a language that was uniquely their own and the other was that them having such a critically acclaimed album at this stage in their career showed that they still had relevance and then made them more comfortable in celebrating the 20th anniversary of the holy bible which of course would have been 2014 so instead of touring futurology they tour the holy bible in december oh okay and they play they the sort of they sort of toured futurology before it came out though right? they played three so... songs in each uh, yeah. set um and so they play the album in full the holy bible just the three of them on stage no other musicians uh and then they come out and play a greatest hit set hit set which also encompasses some of futurology but so they're pre-deciding that they're some of their greatest hits <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's not I a mean, greatest. It did very well. They they also played uh, B sides. You know, they played donkeys and stuff. So it wasn't just greatest hits, but it means like you love know they donkeys. played a mix of stuff. Um, for me, I you know I love the Holy Bible. Shit decision to not tour Futurology. I mean, um, it's a bit of a weird thing to not tour your your album, your new album. I think that um, it it did turn turn me off them. That's the thing because I love this album. I wanted to see it be performed live. Um, and they just kind of didn't. They did like two or three songs on the back end of the second set of the Holy Bible tour. Um, yeah. You know, I went to the Holy Bible tour and they were great dates. Then playing the Holy Bible 20 years afterwards and it being just the three of them was very cool. They did seven dates in four venues, which included three nights at the Roundhouse. It was small. They did no arenas. They seemingly wanted to kind of capture the raw power of those final Astoria gigs with Richie. And then the following year, in 2015, they do a US tour of the Holy Bible. They do another handful of dates uh, in the UK for the Holy Bible, including Cardiff Castle. And I saw them again at Southampton Guildhall. Um, And they do some Asian festivals where they're billed as playing the Holy Bible in full. Um, And then they do a couple of festivals doing their usual set in the back end of 2015. And then they go away again. Which means that their Holy Bible celebration lasted longer than their futurology promotion <laughs> like, i'm and... all for doing like fans of the holy bible would like i can imagine fucking like if of, I had of a, which if, i am obviously one. if there was a similar situation with a band that i was like mildly obsessed with who went and did a tour of an old album i'd be like bang up for it but also i would be disappointed for them to just entirely skip yeah. a new album tour yeah. I've always loved this album and I've heard nearly none of it live 
Um, but they always play Dreaming of City live, presumably, at this point. Nope. I have they seen open it. open and close with it. I have yeah. seen it live, but um, oh, oh, but, but oh, once. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> once at the Holy Bible show. How did that go? It was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for me, that kind of showed that they were like more concerned with looking back than looking forward. To not tour this really cool, experimental Which new album... Ironic, and, considering Futurology is about. I know, music. and they yeah. were, and it, and it kind of felt like they were becoming somewhat of a legacy act. And in fact, the next tour they would do was Everything Must Go in full, and then a couple of years after that, they did This Is My Truth in full. And I mean, great for the fans; they must be loving that shit. But yeah, sure, it's fine. Lucas, you'd have loved it. They played um, on the Everything Must Go uh, in full tour. They had an orchestra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I loved Futurology, and so I felt it was a bit of a shame that they didn't make more of it and that they were happy to just kind of, again, fall back on those past glories. Uh, I, yeah. When you say they're a legacy act, that is prior to this podcast, that would have been a, an apt way to describe what I think of Manic Street Preachers being. Which they kind of have been these days, you know, like. The, the three of their last four tours have been album in full tours. Hmm. It's uh, yeah. So like if I you know if I if they play when they play where well, it's been cancelled but you know Vic- victorious festival in Portsmouth sure like it'll just be greatest hits set right yeah greatest hits Un- unless we they've do. got a new album out by then we honestly have no idea but at a festival it'll we be we do got inside yeah. knowledge haven't we though <laughs> after this is the longest gap between albums in their career which is 4 years which also contributed wow. to like a lull in my fandom because after this they decided not to tour it and then they fucked off <laughs> 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 but we will come on to that the next time so riff came out in 2018 yes that's right Actually, listen. I can remember that coming out because I like. I think there was whisperings of this podcast back in 2018. Yeah, this has been on the cards for a little while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there you go. That is our um, episode. Um, uh, I just fucking love Futurology. Read too, some of man. the reviews, Lucas. I, I saw your face of confusion when me and Steve gave it a 10 out of 10. And then I saw your face of confusion grow ever more furrowed as I said that we were met with the critics' reviews. No, no, of no, it. no, no, no. That, so. no. that doesn't surprise me at all. It, uh, I, I, um, uh, I just, obviously, a 10 is such a, like. Perfect album for me. Nearly. Yeah. Very nearly. Uh, no, that's not me doubting. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, when it was mostly forward when Steve gave it because Steve has been known of to get sucked into hyperbole a bit before. I disagree. Steve with just likes scores. things. Steve with just naturally scores. likes things. That's the thing. Anyway, look, I like you, Lucas. You're I 10 didn't. Out of 10. I didn't say this well, we at the that. beginning of the show because yeah. I didn't want you guys to get your hopes up again. Okay, but we do have Sean Moore coming on. Okay. Okay. Right now. And he's going to talk to us about Futurology. There's some amazing drumming on Futurology. And I want to hear what machines, what technology (laughs) contributed to the soundscapes. Okay? Okay. Okay. So let me... I'll edit this out, but let me um, figure out the uh, the Zoom link. Oh, you got... Okay, fine. Oh, hang on. I've got an email. Hmm. Well, this one doesn't have a subject line. Okay. And and in the body, yeah, 
it just says Sean War. Oh my God. And it's almost as if <laughs> it's almost as if he knows what he he wanted to say, but forgot to <laughs> to put any other detail or explanation of that beforehand. Uh, and he's he's just put the pun. It's almost like that's what's happened there. That he's not yeah. written a whole email this time. He's and not it's just, written the setup. He's just written. Yeah, he's Sean just War. written like some kind of punchline. He's just written Sean War. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's all he's. <laughs> that's all I'd it say says that's, in I'd the say email. that's the laziest that Sean has been so far. Yeah, yeah I agree. Sure. Like, it I seems agree. like Sean. It's like Sean hasn't put a lot of effort into yeah, Sean's, Sean's joke at the end of he's just, this podcast. Yeah, he's just got the punchline, and yeah, he hasn't put almost, any setup. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like Sean uh, did this today, <laughs> isn't it? It's almost as if Sean. Yeah forgot that this is something that happens every episode yeah and it also yeah. seems like sean just came up with that just now and quickly emailed me <laughs> <laughs> so on that uh, uh i mean we'd lose that war because there's only three of us and there's i mean who knows at how least many of four. him there are at this and point. there are like a thousand duck-sized sean's though and and there's, there's, some there's, of them there's are half man, half <laughs> I mean, that is not a fight uh, we're going to win. <laughs> well, uh, sorry for the short episode this week, guys. It's only going to be <laughs> just under three hours. Um, Pathetic. Yeah, I know. So next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking to Dave Eringer. So, yeah. oh, tune Wasn't in. Eringer? Dave Eringer. Tune yeah. in for that because that's going to be great. It was really Fun lovely chat. to chat to him. Um, he's such a dude. He's oh, got such he's... a... Beard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he does have such a beard. Absolute dude. Uh, what a dude beard. Um, yeah. uh, you can talk to us about stuff that we've talked to you about, but you know, it's this podcasting, it's a one way medium unless you get on Twitter. You can find us at Manix Podcast. <laughs> um, you can go to our Instagram at Manix Podcast. We're on Facebook, I think, which again is facebook.com forward slash. Uh, Manix Podcast. Um, you can email us a little bit more interactive, manixpodcast at gmail.com. And, you know, people have been asking is there a way that, you know, people can contribute to the running costs of this podcast? You know, as small as they are, um, you know, the, the, the more sort of uh, listeners we get and the longer the episodes become, uh, the more it costs us to kind of keep stuff up. Um, so, yes, there are ways that you can support us. One is by listening to the podcast. That's always going to be the best way to support us. Other things that you can do are you can go to our stupid merch shop uh, at uh, doyouloveus.redbubble.com and we have a way, uh, you know, if you can't afford our merch because we've priced it, uh, you know, not very competitively, we really do want to be making a huge <laughs> profit off of that. Um, you can just drop us a couple of quid on... Uh, Steve, how do I pronounce it? Is it coffee? I think it's Kofi, but it's K-O hyphen F-I dot I mean, it's surely pronounced coffee. Surely. Because then the idea <laughs> that you're buying a cup of coffee. Yeah. So, it, so it's K-O. So it's probably pronounced coffee. <laughs> it's, it's K-O hyphen F-I dot com forward slash do you love us. Perfect. And yeah, any, uh, any uh, donations gratefully received. They'll keep me in X-Files trading cards, Lucas in Muse mini discs and Steve in whatever surgery it is he needs to have on his brain. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs>
thank you so much for listening. Uh, and remember that we we do we do actually live mm. in urban hell. And actually, we uh, we actually destroy rock and roll. Sex. Power and the money. It's not the lyric. <laughs> <laughs>